welcome to a special and hopefully epic episode of the Bar Dizzle podcast series. The boys are excited for show number 66 as there is a pretty famous guy that wore that jersey number around these parts. And also because tonight, super fan Phil joins the boys from his rustic, yet lavish digs in beautiful butler, PA he has left Sir. the barn door open for Dave and Scott. They will strut inside to form a holy trinity of show hosts, provided their heads aren't too big to fit inside after they nailed the big penguins trade last week on the night before it went down. Time to chop it up, boys and if time allows, maybe you two can chop some firewood for Phil to prepare for the fall season. Hope you get your clicks on show 66. Thanks, Tessa. Uh, but uh, as far as Dave here is concerned, if uh, you replace that C in chopping with an S, that's how I do uh, firewood. Uh, let, somebody, <laughs> let somebody else's digits do that dirty work, Scott. <laughs> yeah, Dave, I'm pretty good at sawing logs in the uh, comfort of my bed, but I'll uh, let the expert axe wielders do their thing, and I'll just uh, buy the finished product. <laughs> and, indeed. And speaking of sawing logs, uh, Scott, why don't you uh, lay down the lumber and uh, bundle the contents thereof into the together for show numero soissons yeah uh so uh i'm calling new batting order dave uh because we've got uh some some pretty big long segments coming up a little bit so uh with that we are going to start off with uh show favorite what we're sipping yeah and uh then we're getting into the famous 66s because there's also another one across the river at uh uh, former Heinz, uh, now Akershire. Right, right. And then the uh, the one that you uh, so eloquently led into. Yes. Uh, and then we got some uh, some preseason game one uh, review. Sure. Um, we've got uh, uh, all the particulars of the uh, trade that we called last week with sure. uh, Mr. EK65. Not that we're patting ourselves on the shoulder. No, or anything. never, never. Um, a lot of stuff to go over there, and then uh, pretty pretty decent uh, update with the Bucks and baseball. Uh-huh. They've been, um, as per your your math, uh, one game over five hundred. As there's one in the balance here tonight, as we start off at uh, mm-hmm. Barn Dizzle. The sucking level has reduced considerably. Is what it, you're saying? Uh, yes, it uh, yes. it's 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 faded. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess is how you how you might say that. But uh, mm-hmm. yep. and then the other thing we're we're going to run through is our random roundup romp, and we're going to throw in a uh, another. Uh, super fan listener question that uh, I sure. think Dave's going to be able to swap back across the Absolutely. Uh, across the uh, court there. Sure. And by the way, and by the way, thanks Phil for the accommodations. This is a lovely uh, uh, barn you got going on here, and uh, appreciate you letting us do this. Oh, I'm glad you guys finally made it out. We talked about it for yep. uh, a long time. Uh, that's right. Right. The star. The stars <laughs> were aligning. So yes. let's uh, let's take a quick break and mm-hmm. uh, come back here with what we're sipping. That's good. Man down, man down. All right, back from the break, Dave. And uh, as I'm knocking shit around, <laughs> look at these cups. It looks like a looks like a, a beer pong game broke out. Uh, it, it really does with uh, the the clear beer pong. But uh, as I called the NBO or uh, new batting order back from a wiffle ball and kickball days. Okay, um, I'm, I'm leading off, right. leading off, leading off here with uh, what we're sipping to uh, really really get into it here. And uh, so. Uh, I actually picked this up a while ago, I think prior to uh, your, your London trip, Yeah, uh, getting prepared and, and yep. having things on hand. I wasn't sure if you're going to uh, be able to uh, get a beer last week. Anyway, long story short, Rx yep. Brewing, Rx Session IPA. Local? Nice and local, yes, sir. Uh, so 4.5% on the ABV. These guys actually list out their IBUs. 
And uh, here's a quick little uh, rundown. A great blend of hops and malt in a crushable, Dave. Crushable. 4.5% ABV. How can you not go wrong sure. with that? You right, can enjoy right. one after the other, which uh, if, <laughs> yeah. if, it, if, it's, if it's in the stars, <laughs> you yes, might. Yes, right. Uh, yeah. Light uh, copper in color with a uh, tempting nose. The hops layer a classic blend of citrus, pine, and grapefruit flavors. Uh-oh, Dave. Oh, boy. Uh, brewed with millet and quinona hops and Ooh. yeast. So uh, here we go with the uh, patent and pour. I've got two witnesses, Jeremy. Oh, that's going to be a, that's going to be loud. That's going to be a big one. Jeremy, we got two witnesses against you now. So but believe me, we got we got you covered. There we go. Uh, Prattle on as I pour over here. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. So I, I worked. I've actually been by there. That's the one down there. Uh, I guess what's the official uh, address? It was the McKee's Roxway. Is that their exact yeah, that, that's city, what the uh, that scary part of town. Yeah, right. The Rock. <laughs> so here we go. We're taking one down. Pass it around. All right, Phil. There you go. Take a take a good whiff of this one and see what we got going here. So it's it's considered. Is that a, what did you say it was? It was session a, IPA. Session IPA. Mm-hmm. Okay, right. Okay. Four and a half. Here it okay. goes under my okay, nose. Here it goes. Hmm. <laughs> I'm getting the grapefruit. Maybe because you said it. Yep, probably. Oh, the, <laughs> like if you the, wouldn't the, have said it. The the other big thing on this is it's gluten free. Oh, it is. Mm-hmm. Really? Mm-hmm. Now usually those really are terrible. But let me let me see. Let me uh, again. I would say this is uh, quite crushable, and I for, oh, no, it's good. I, I forget what I paid for it. Um, but I'd I'd put that up right up there with all day IPA actually. Yeah, it's okay. I'm getting a little bit of the aftertaste only because I'm not a big grapefruit guy. Now this doesn't this doesn't terrible for me but it's not gonna, and i don't think it's gonna be really big high on my thing but it's it's you said crushable hold on mm-hmm. Here, here's good news phil i brought another one so well there is a uh what do you think definitely phil? a strong grapefruit yeah. that hits me and the the after that acidy grapefruit yeah the acidy yeah. and the great yeah the after the after is that's that's what i was i could drink one but i couldn't drink two no no i mean like it's it this is Why another one of those ones where post lawnmower or like say out in the hot sun or something it probably would hit you a little bit different going, wow, this is... But yeah. uh, I never was a giant grapefruit person to begin with, but... All right, SpongeBob. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's okay. It's crafted well. I mean, it's blended pretty well, but... I wonder it, if it's it, the gluten it, thing. It, it's hard. I think it probably is because most of them... You remember... Um, oh, it's brewed uh, with millet and quinoa. 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 Really? Yeah. <laughs> so instead of your barley... Yeah, it's yeah. not... Yeah, it's quinoa. Holy moly. I don't even know what quinoa is. I shouldn't have. Well, it's that uh, grain, that, uh, oh, okay. that, that uh, stuff that people put on, sprinkle on their steaks, vegetables, and no, stuff like okay. that. Uh, <laughs> Definitely not steaks. <laughs> no. Um, but no, like, uh, let me see. Yeah, I mean, it's okay. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm a three and a half ish or so. I mean, it's okay. I tell you, for I'm, a, for I'm a, pushing four. Okay. But for, probably for not a, four. I'm three and a half. For a gluten-free beer. It's not bad for gluten-free. It's probably the best gluten-free beer it, I've ever had. Yeah, it probably is because I, I can just, I don't know what your experience is, Phil. But the ones, like, there's a one I was going to say is, is, remember Amy Sorgel that worked up yep. at uh, Palms for a while? Yep. Who's part of the Sorgel yep. dynasty, yep. obviously. Um, she got married to this guy who started one. I think it's up by, like, Slippery Rock or someplace, or someplace yeah, up 79. I remember. <clears throat> What's it called? I remember you saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I, and I, every time, like to your point, Phil, every time that I tried one, it just blew. I just, I could not deal with. It. I was like, yeah. it was a complete dump over my shoulder. <clears throat> but this, 
If you hadn't have said gluten free, I may not have even known because this usually you were so just, focused on the grapefruit. Well, yeah, that I was too, <laughs> right? So had you not said both of those things, no. Um, but usually those are just no. Like it's almost like a and an, a no alcohol beer. It's oh, like yeah. no, no. Yeah. Why bother? Like just yeah, just, just don't coke. drink. Just get a coke. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, it tastes a lot, but things go better with coke, not gluten free shit. But no, I, I mean, I mean, even we. Even like go put it up to your nose. Your nose. What do you smell right away? Grapefruit. Yeah. And I like my grapefruit with about uh, I don't know half a pound of sugar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to offset the bitterness. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. This is. I, I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say a three for me. Really. Yeah. I'm gonna say a three and a half for me. Okay. I was way I was way over on 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 the all day. I'm I'm starting to yeah. I was going to say that, up a little bit. Yeah, that comparison yeah. was a little bit uh, the the first premature. One, the first one was good, but it you're right. It builds mm. up. By the time you've had your third taste, it's all yeah. Great and, and when I mouth. put my nose right in the glass just to get another whiff, that's the yeah. first thing that came out at me because it's hard to once you introduce pineapple to anything, it's almost like when you make something with onions, which I can't stand. Some people do like. They have rice and stuff, and you you make you can make seasoning and stuff to make rice. But as soon as you introduce raw onions, all you taste is onions. And I can't like I can I can have caramelized onions and stuff like right. caramelize them, make a nice souffle, whatever it is. But if they're raw, that's all you're gonna taste, you know. And that's why I always ask people out: Do you have onions in your in your halushki? Do you have onions in your you know rice? Do you have? A, yeah, we kind of well, you can pick them out. I already have a job. I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> so, but okay. So, <clears throat> batter up. All right. Well, let me uh, let me go down to the count here. Okay. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. I mean, from a gluten free perspective, I that's 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 probably a, a solid three and a half for me. Okay. I'm gonna stay. With oh, three. look at that! You, you even bought Tall Boy. Yes. So uh, I am rolling out here from right down the road in beautiful mm-hmm. downtown Mars, PA, mm-hmm. two two eight. Probably drove right you, by it. Yeah, I did drive by. In fact, I have a little backstory that I drove by it twice. Uh, this is your uh, Dented Keg uh, Brewing Company right there in that Adams Point Plaza mm-hmm. thing where that, uh, like the Andorra is in there and yeah, stuff like yeah. that. So this is uh, clearly not clear, kind of like the Pirates uh, Future. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I digress. It's just a joke for the Bardizola. Anyway, um, so this is uh, six point five <clears throat> ABV, tropical, hazy, hoppy, and this is my backstory. As I'm spinning up some of the rest of the details, is um, uh, which they don't have a lot of in here. But um, so I got this earlier in the day. I was out doing some mm-hmm. things. So that's a quick jump up there, and I got it. And I got it home, and I hear this like hissing, like a like a flat tire. You know, you get the flat tire and something coming in your tire. I'm like, what is that sound in my room right now? And here, right on the side here, there was a pinhole like right here. So, and it it, it didn't feel ever full like when I grabbed it, like the, when I took it out of the right. car. I knew something was wrong. And then, so I'm like, damn it! So now I got to go back there. But I, I'm like, wait a minute. Here's the bonus part. It's not so bad. Is that I kind of have to go that way to Superfan Phil's place anyway. Right. So I'm just going to go. And so I called them and I said this. And so they told me that they did have these piece people that are like canners. Canner. Uh, I don't even know. Her. That actually did. And, and they were having problems with this. So they, mm. had to re, they had to get a whole nother order. And those people like replaced their stuff because they, I'm not the only one that had this problem, yeah. I guess is what I'm saying. So they were very nice about it. And I said, because otherwise I'm stuck with, because I did get another one. It's a lager that's actually pretty Ooh. good. It's called like, I'll to look what the uh, thing was. It's called like swamp water, swamp water lager. It's really good. 
But anyway, that name so, doesn't sound good. But no, it doesn't sound. <laughs> out. It's like Swamp Witch. I don't know what it is. Swamp it's in, ass it's in my car. <laughs> um, but anyway, but they were real, really cool. And I said, "Hey, I'm heading to Butler with this and everything." They said, "Good luck." And I told them, "So this is you're clearly not clear." And there's not a lot of like a lot of these locals. They don't have a lot of stuff on their site. Um, it's just the the uh, six point five, right? Mm-hmm. That, and uh, so here we go. This is going to be a first time remote pool maybe i'll get some echo that'll help me oh had a big oh, had a big sh- up ahead that end. was a good one was you got it end. i didn't get the click click right like when you're loading a gun but i yeah you gotta go have that you gotta snap it off dave i, I, I got uh, <laughs> so i've heard uh all right here we go there we go that's a nice color yeah that's a pretty good color clearly hazy I'm, I'm, I'm glad I noticed that thing because I almost like, like oh, I'll just bring it, whatever. I'm like, no, there's no, I know it's not going to be good. So they, they were so gracious to replace this. So here we go. Smell. Ooh. It's got that, uh, that IPA f- funk, the, funky spunk. As the, the IPA funk. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I don't get any grapefruit, Phil. No grapefruit. No grapefruit. I get a lot of no hops. Grapefruit for you. Yeah. Here we go. Under my nose. Yeah, here we go. Attention. Ooh. Ooh. Now that I like. This is good. This is good. And it's very local. And they, their tap system, you know how a lot of places you can see the tap system yeah. through like a window. Mm-hmm. And they had the actual names of the beers next to them. And they just started like to get Oktoberfest getting ready to go. Yeah. But they, but they had this one and then this lager one next. So you could actually see the, the ones. And, and the people there were really good. This is really good. Yeah, it's almost mid-August. They got to start with the pumpkin beer soon. Oh my god, oh, they're, already in, they're already in the store. It's, it's stupid. Now this is good. This is a this is real. This good. is a nice, clean, uh, clearly not clear because you look through it. It's it's definitely not clear. Hazy IPA, tropical hazy hoppy. I would agree with that. Is there is there something swimming in there? That's uh, the worm. Super fan Phil. Um, he has some. Uh, he, I have a hitchhiker. Maybe came in from the from the from the corn stalks. <laughs> that's okay it gives a little more flavor you know what i mean yeah hey look look you're out in there you're in god's country you know you you're, i mean insects are part of the deal oh, yeah. i mean you just have to di- and you know this is got i mean in fact and by the way little known fact uh you too will be showing up later to play in god country uh, a little bit it's just like, not so, like, <laughs> i was i was uh, gonna say that's a song i'm like well that, that might fall be, on be showing up a little bit later uh, uh this is good man i, I gave it's it a four color. dave what are you what are you giving her a four yeah i'm giving it a four four or five yeah this is a Super solid, fan four. Fill. Yeah. <clears throat> solid four absolutely and it just you know what i like with this is and i think a lot of companies now have really got their haze on very nicely where when it first came out there was so much that's all you got was haze now you know they mix in with the other fruits and stuff and so you're not getting blasted by like haze i mean it's definitely hazy but it's it's got a nice color aroma i tell you what it reminds me of is a dallas pale ale i mean a little bit it's a little fruitier is there anything left in there i'll take a little yeah yeah yeah, like a fruity like a fruity dales a fruity dales maybe that's the next uh (laughs) variety for oscar blues it's like fruity pebbles a little bit more phil that's better than Chippendales. Yes, that is definitely better than Chippendales. Yeah, yeah. Now this is this is good. This is uh, I I I, I get a little bit of um, what I get from a little bit is one of the very first ones, Danger. Phil, which I don't know if you know this, but um, uh, Mind Haze by uh, Firestone Walker oh, yeah. was one of the first ones that really came hard in the haze family. Yeah. You know what you say yeah. they were that trailblaze haze trailblazers. Say that faster, then. Um, 
And, it, and I first had it at, um, and actually they really rolled it out on this part of the, the barrel, this coast, at the uh, the beer fest at um, at Stage AE. And me and my nephew went down there, and we met uh, the, the the couple from the used to be the couple from Pomodoro's, the girl that still works there, the blonde. Can't remember. Her oh, name. Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. <clears throat> Not Swift, by the way. Um, but anyway, we we just kept we ran into them at the at the uh, Firestone Walker tent, and and it was and it was so good. And this reminds me a little bit of, and, and one time I next time I uh, cross paths with you, uh, Phil, I'll, I'll get you one of those Firestone Walkers. Yeah. It's it's yeah. really good. It, it was like it was a really first out front delivering the haze, like kind of like somebody's got to go through the wall, right? Right. And they they were the ones. But this reminds me a little bit of that. Maybe slightly fruitier, but. Hey, this yeah, kid, strong four for me. This kid playing shortstops, uh, he's pretty slick. Alika? Oh, man, his yeah. hands are like, yeah. he's got a little bit of maz in him with his hands. Yeah. Slick. Thank God for that double play, because that would have yeah. scored a run Yeah, there. exactly. Uh, so we're, is that the top of six? Mm, glass of yep. The, yeah, top of six. Four, three good guys trying to trying to sweep the, the day-night. Yeah, well, Malika broke his, uh, <clears throat> his uh, finally got a hit in the last game in the doubleheader. Mm. He had... Uh, he was in a slump there. So. Yeah, he was. I mean, he, he had a huge one in the game I went to, which was that Bednar bobblehead oh, one. Yeah, yeah he, had, he had a nice hit that kept a four-run inning going. So he's been, he's been mixing in offense after the first couple of few games. But you know what? He, there wasn't a lot of expectations there. We won't go into the parts too much right now. But there wasn't a lot. With everybody, with Marcano being out and with, you know, with uh, uh, Gonzalez, being, Gonzalez being sent back because they need pitching and, yep. and, and, you know, the tall stuff being out. So they're just running. It's like a revolving door at that, at that, that position. That's trouble. Uh, well, let's do this. Let's, uh, yeah. let's head off the break and okay. then uh, uh, top off our, our regular stuff here. And uh, we've got a big segment coming up. A little bit. Yep. yep. Boys, back from the break, and uh, got a couple coaches tossed on a ball and strike call. Odd, oddly enough, he had bases and, uh, bases full of reds, red a legs. Lot of trouble. So here we are with famous sixty six, and uh, everybody's like, "Well, you only have one." I'm like, "Actually, no, we yeah, have two. Yeah, there's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple. So let's start off with the first one, Dave, because the second one's going to run long." And uh, we're going to start on the gridiron with Mr. Alan Fanica. Yeah, what a what a what a what a player. I mean, I mean, just I mean, I mean, arguably, and just for my uh, money, being the ancient one at this table, I, I think one of the top three, four guards to ever play the position. I, I just he, Alan Fanica, that is being you know so consistent, such a you know classic, perfect insert into that type of offense that they were running with being able to get out and pull and uh you know him with you know Dermani Dawson and and some some others uh that's at center there uh being able to come through the line and and pick up you know linebackers and and and, and moving moving the pile in in the running game which just Six five three sixteen. Oh. I mean this it's oh. he was a big dude man I mean like you know you the thing about it you know I'd seen him like in street clothes somewhere. He, it, you know, you see. I guess you can see the six five, but you know, you, you don't realize how, um, you know, how, how how big he was. But he was he, he was he was fast, and 
you know, uh, so LSU boy, and uh, you know, f- first round pick, twenty six overall. But boy, did that did that did that bear fruit? I yeah, mean, uh, for a sure. late, late round pick when you know Steelers being consistently winning like they usually do. You know, uh, that was halfway th- into the Cowher era. Uh, correct, and you know, but but uh-oh. uh oh, got a man there. We got a man there. Ooh, they got out of it. They say up up in the Great White North. <clears throat> wow, nice nice one there. So we're mid six here. The good guy still up four three, trying to sweep this day nighter. But yeah, look, I mean, uh, you know, his, I mean, his uh, big. I'm, my biggest remembrance was that I think it was the the O five uh, Super Bowl. Super Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and you know, uh, there was a thing, and I don't know if either one of you remember this. Of course, we had Fast Willie Parker, mm-hmm. you know, yep. and. Uh, and 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 Jerome Bettis at that point was really was more complimentary at that point. He was a goal line guy at that point later in his career like that. And and uh you know, he obviously had some big games leading up. You quit know, the fumble with Indianapolis and almost you know, uprooted everything. But you know, he even in the regular season he was more of a goal line guy, uh, and and short yardage guy. And and you you know, fast Willie was he was the home run hitter. And they had feature had this back. The, yeah, feature back and and they had had this play like in in rotation like for for several weeks and and they, and they talked about it and 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 ran it in practice pre Super Bowl and Super Bowl practices and that when it came to a certain time they were going to use it and in that one spot where the start of the half right the start of the half right where you know Jerome the bussy uh, got together and and Fenneke was on the sideline and they're all kind of nodding like. You know, this is the time, and and and, and, he, and you know, Bettis to his credit said, "Listen, you just follow where Allen's going to be. It's going to open right. It's going to open right up. They're they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna miss the assignments on the left. He's going to be op- He's going to be on your right. He's going to open up a, a a lane a truck can go through. Just hit it. And damned if it didn't happen. And like <clears> the <throat> longest one of the longest runs in Super Bowl history, yeah. right? Yeah." Sixty uh, some yards or whatever it was, or, or seventy. Seventy five. Seventy five. Thank you. And it's like first play from scrimmage, I believe, yeah, on that drive. Was. Yeah. And so, I mean, that just, I mean, but th- that was kind of a microcosm of Allen's career because he was, he was, he was such a force there. I mean, he was a beast physically, you know, f- uh, physically strong. I compare him on the other side to like say uh, Aaron Jones, uh, Aaron Smith, sorry, on the yeah. defensive side. Which nobody could run against him. They just it was fruitless to try to do. Speaking that. of same speaking thing with Aaron Alfred. Smith. So uh, I guess we can call him a friend of the family. My uh, my mom's cousin uh, was a, n- a nanny for Aaron Smith's kids. Is that right? So I yeah. saw him after the all, all, all the Super Bowls, and I think I've told you this before. He's probably I don't know six four. Yeah. 185. Yeah, I saw him at the club. I told you yeah. I saw him at Oxford because his, yeah. his kids go up there for, to do certain things. He, he looks like he, a scarecrow. He, he does a little bit. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind, <laughs> yeah, it's kind, it's kind of weird. Yeah, I, and when I was working at the desk there briefly, he'd come through, hey, Alan, how you doing? He, and I was like, wow. It, 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 right, it was a, a complete, like the same thing with the guy that does the uh, the show with, um, with uh, does the post-game stuff with Charlie Batch and everything, uh, the def- defensive lineman, Chris Hoke. Same oh, thing. Yeah, yeah. He's he's Hokey, like a rail kind of now. I yeah. mean, he's still big, but you know, not not at the playing playing time. But look, sixty uh, six there. I mean, for for the, your Steeler, I mean, uh, you know, two hundred six games, two hundred and one games started. And as an mm. interior lineman, you know, that's so critical because you see so many times, uh, you know, Phil and, yeah. and and that pile like that. 
you know, I mean, all type of roll-ups happen on people's legs. And, I mean, you have all kind of individual little mini train wrecks that are happening. So, you know. Well, I mean, Fanica came in. I was uh, I was 17 or 18 when he joined the Steelers. And the thing that stood out for me was even his rookie year was when the Steelers would pull the guard. He could do that better than anybody that I'd ever seen. Yeah. And yep. that is a hard feat to accomplish yes. when you're playing left guard and now you're pulling to the right side. Yes. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. Exactly. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just was... when I saw him do that, I mean, he came out of LSU, um, you know, huge, huge prestige behind that. And I mean, they, they do that a lot. But yeah. watching him do that, I was like, this is, this is just as good as the Steelers from the 70s. And yeah. I got excited when he came in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what, to your point, but just what you just said about the Steelers from the 70s, he's a guy, Scott, and. Uh, Phil both is it you know when, when the Steelers had that trapping offense back in the oh, 70s yeah. with Franco and he would be a perfect compliment at pulling that pulling out yeah, yeah. And creating that little space on the sweep and the, that trap that's that they love to could, run he could he, he, he play he, in any era he could do that you know you know they call it pulling the guard but he could do that play just as good as anybody no ever maybe top two three all time yeah that, that, that's and why not I just put, on the yeah. Steelers Absol- overall yeah that's absolutely why I said that not being just a you know, homer here but I top five or, or, or in that, that, that range of, of, of guys that ever played that position. There's a lot of, of them that did, but, you know, he was so wildly successful and, 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 and healthy and, 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 like, you know, the Pro Bowls, you know. Uh, well, yeah, I was telling you I, that I, alone, I wanted, yeah. right? So Six-time six, six All-Pro, nine-time Pro Bowl, but we always put more weight on the On all the All-Pro, because yeah. that's, like, the only couple guys are at that position. But more importantly, Hall of Fame, All-2000s team. Yep. And, you know, it's just a shame that uh, – I forget what the, the, the contract uh, reasons were happening there. So he wasn't on the second Super Bowl team. Right. Uh, right. At the end of the 2000s there. Um, he, he went on his merry way to the Jets. Jets he yeah. got a big deal there. Yeah, I, he I, did. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he, he cashed in. Look, yeah, he's got a family yeah, too. And for sure. It, it happened. And, and it's, it is, in this game, is, you know, it, it, it can be uh, unfair at the end, uh, you know, when we have – things that happened with like Franco and with some other people that, <laughs> that left to go to yeah. places. But, but look, he was prolific. I mean, uh, so uh, I, I mean, well-deserving. I it t- actually took longer and I was starting to get worried that he was going to, you know, kind of get in this group that we you know they deserve it, but he keeps getting passed because just other too, really nah, good he, players. He, he was just coming yeah. in. Yeah. He was you too know, good. Yeah. He was too good. He was too good to eventually pass over, but yeah. Any other thoughts on him guys? No, I just think that uh, he's, you know, <clears throat> part part of that uh, second wave of Cower. You know, Cower had that that initial success taken over for the Emperor. Yep. Uh, and then they they had that, uh, you know, should have beat Dallas a third time, and <clears throat> yeah, had that uh, miscommunication, if we'll call it, in that Super Bowls they were coming back. Yep. Against the Cowgirls, Cowboys, Cowchips, and um, you know they had they had a, a, a couple down years. I. They they drafted him before that because he was twenty sixth, um, but you know they they had a couple of those down years and then you know uh, the the Rooneys kept the faith in in Cower and and they built back up. I mean things yeah. you know kind of go in cycles. Is is I think we're about to start to see here with the 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 current uh, version of this dealer. Yeah, and the other thing is too is it, it's so easy. It's kind of low hanging fruit to do this, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyways. If if Neil O'Donnell's not the quarterback in that football game, if it's if it's Bradshaw even at hanging on at forty years old, if he yeah, still had the arm that was okay and the minor bird would have actually worked on his elbow, 
or like say a Ben even later in his career or or even say Kenny Pickett that's his second full year or something with that ability to move around and move the pocket and do things once they once they were there in 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 possession in possession of that ball in the last drive I think any one of those guys brings it brings it home I, 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 I think would you should have done it with Mike Tomzak uh, may, uh, well, yeah, I, I, I would I, uh, Tommy I would, Maddox yeah. Tommy Maddox right. a I would Tommy say Maddox. That, I would say that you know, that's that that had the equal impact as uh, Mr. Uh, Richard Fumblehall. Oh yeah, oh, well, yeah. absolutely. Because I mean, you think about that. You know, I, I always, I always, I always tease Braves fans all the time. It's just when I'm at a game when they're there, which I hate to go to games when they're there, but because I always yell at them like Delta's ready when you are. Get out of our, get out of our city. But anyway, <laughs> like um, uh, it's the same thing with I, I tease them. They say, you know, you guys are what twelve some odd division titles you want and you're one lucky Dave Justice home run from never winning a World Series. <laughs> That's right. I mean, yeah, and so it's the same kind of scenario with the fumble hall. But you know, you just can't have pick sixes in Super Bowls. I mean, I mean like you just can't he have two major interceptions. Other than that, that game one, is, one, one you, know, you can Rod survive. Woodson, Rod Woodson comes back and plays one well. you can yeah. survive two you can't. Correct. It's almost like, you know, the Earl Weaver of the world used to say What's your key to success? Pitching, defense, and three-run homers. That's right. Like if you look at the statistics of three-run homers or a grand slam in a game, the the number of the teams that win those games, it's like eighty some percent of the time that they win games. Like if you have a three-run homer in a game, numbers like, don't lie, Phil. No, so no. then he, this this man over here, I'm but it, at, yeah, I would say that being the data know, scientist knows what I, I'm talking about. I, I felt that you know even, even though they had that first uh, interception. Was that a pick six or just an INT? I can't remember. Uh, the second one was the pick six. Yeah, and then so yeah, they, the same they, guy got they, both of them. Right, Larry, Larry uh, Williams. Larry, Larry, Larry Brown. Larry, or Larry Brown. Yeah, but but part led into the big they, contract. They were which still he never com- lived up to. They were still grinding and coming yes. back. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that, absolutely. That second one happened, and it was just like I mean, the the Cowboys were on their heels at that point because they realized that they, yeah, you know, look, they're they're <laughs> they might be giving this giving the booty up here and. But I guess I just that was the disappointing thing. But but the the thing that causes me continued merriment is that is the last time that your your Dallas Cow Chip have been to the NFC Championship game mm-hmm. that that long ago. They, that's the last time they have gotten even that far, and the Steelers won a couple Super Bowls since then. Right, and and you know and got to the same AFC Championships games and lost them. But anyway, so that, that all good on Fanica. He was amazing and finally got in. So. Yep. So uh, let's uh, let's transition to the uh, the. Frozen Pond, and uh, let's see if uh, this is going to work for us here. Pittsburgh, la première choix, the Pittsburgh, number 66, Mario Lemieux. I, uh, I don't think there could have been a better introduction than that, Dave. Did you see how EJ was like almost choking on his word? The Pittsburgh, uh, the Pittsburgh, Dave, uh, the Dave, Pittsburgh. My, my hairs are standing on my arms right now, buddy. <laughs> yeah, that was. That and was, and I, I went to that three on three ice thing. Uh, oh, yeah. About a month and a half ago, Kenny Reggett, uh, his bar down, uh, 31 down in uh, mm-hmm. the South Hills, was hosting it. And uh, EJ's son is uh, like one of the executives that, that put that together. Okay. And uh, there was a guy in the... Uh, that did uh, that? Like a, like a remake of that Soissons thing? No, 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 no. No, no. EJ was there. Oh, he was... That's right. He was there. And, 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 and somebody in the audience asked him to redo it, and he did to, it. To redo it. Wow. That had to be some hair-raising oh. moments on the back of your neck. Oh. You're yeah. sitting there. Yeah. I, I mean, that's... You know... That's and, right. I remember when you texted me about being down there. Uh, that, just... You, you can't... Like, the, the accolades... I, like, I don't know how... Like... I don't know. And Kenny Reggae's 31 bar, not a sponsor yet. No, no, not a sponsor. That's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Qu- uh, quickly through 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 the stuff first 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 overall. Uh, Good luck with the quickly part. Uh, the Penguins <laughs> the, the Penguins pretty much uh, called up. Uh, if if I was eligible to play, they would have called me up to play those last couple games uh, <laughs> exactly. to make sure that right. they secured that draft pick right uh, back when you could tank <laughs> right right um, right. But I mean, you know, the, you know, there's not enough accolades for this guy. I mean, yeah. he is the most important. Pittsburgh sports figure right next to Joe Green. No, I can't can't argue that. I mean I mean and, and and I I would could almost maybe argue even more important because he saved this franchise from two bankruptcy times. twice. Two times. Yeah, and I th- I think that I will I, I will go along with what you're you're just trying to to correct yourself with because as much as Joe Green, you know, there's there's the Mazeroski thing. There's a bunch of people that you can talk about. And the, Willie Stargell. And the Steelers were losers for forever, 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 forever. And he was the guy that changed the absolutely culture. changed the culture. But the thing of it is, is what you just said. I mean, not only as a player, but taking on that role of owner slash player, basically. Rolling the dice on his salary, how much of it was owed to him to right. basically oh defer all that shit. I mean, that, you're talking about, we're all working people around here. You're talking about taking all your salary, Phil, and saying, oh, yeah, we'll, just, we'll get it back to you eventually. And, and on faith, this man stood up and did what he did. And I, I would argue he's maybe the most important, only because of what you just said. There was that, and then there was the lock, you know, the, well, lock, the would, lockout, and there was also the second one. I would add one more thing to that. Before Lemieux, Pittsburgh wasn't a hockey town. No, we, not really. We had really. a hockey team, but it wasn't the Pirates. It wasn't the, you know, it was the Pirates and Steelers. That's, they were third. Right? Clearly. Now you think about Pittsburgh, it's and, hockey. And some, I mean, and we're, some, we've sold out every game for how many yeah, years Yeah, it stopped now? recently, but, but still. So, I mean, it's tremendous, yeah. Lemieux changed that tide, hundred percent, to yeah. where we became a three-team town, oh. and we the team might be in Kansas City right now if it wasn't for oh yeah continuing negotiations mm-hmm. that happened later on after the first savior yeah. thing with the yeah. lockout scenario where the doors were closed, yeah. you know, on the, the, the padlocks and the it's almost IRS. three times. It's almost three times. So that that so that's I don't I don't know that you can I don't know that you can compete with that as far as the most important thing. I think you you probably are right in that he he gets above. Uh, mean Joe just because of that. Yeah, I mean Joe just did his thing and, and wrecked people, and he and like you said, uh, took a franchise that never won a playoff game once <clears throat> uh, until he, yeah. he showed up and, yeah. and, and, and Amber Chaz showed up. But even that kind of pales a little bit by actually saving this because literally, you know, uh, like you, you just said, Phil. I mean, there there probably wouldn't really even be hockey here. I well, mean, like you know, it, here, and it here, wasn't here. a big thing until yeah, he got there. Yeah. Here's the other thing too. Like you know, Joe, Joe Green was a, an immense talent. Talent, but he came from what Texas State, North Texas, Texas. Texas. North, North Texas. Texas. Yeah, the Mean Green, the Mean Green, and and so he, enough. I, I don't know that he he came in with the same expectations as this guy because no, this this guy no no he, not had, at had all. the agent said no. flip ninety nine upside down. You're now sixty six. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're coming into the league. Yep, and 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 he scored like you know. Like 300 points, or, or he had like 185 goals and 200 assists at his last year at Laval. The voice, yeah. voice all, That's and um, it just he had all this expectations. It did take the team a while to to get to the playoffs in '88. Yeah, um, but 
I mean, just um, let's let's run through some more particulars because I have some other stuff queued up here. Yeah, um, so do I. Hall of Fame, two two time Cup winner. That was certainly uh, cut short. Uh, probably should have been three or four. Should have been at least three in a row. Uh, Eighty four, eighty five Calder, David Volley, uh, four time Pearson, six time Ross, which is the leading scorer, nine time All Star, ninety two, ninety three Masters, and when he came back from cancer treatments. Uh, yeah. NHL 100th All Anniversary Team, two times Smythe, three times Hart. Um, just just a lot of stuff there, uh, Dave. Do you want to want to comment on some of that? Well, yeah, and uh, well, the one thing you just said, which uh, you know, I don't know where, where you're at, Phil, in the Grand Pantheon thing, that was a ways away, but you know, Pat Lafontaine having that big lead on him when he came back from the oh, from the oh, from the yeah. cancer, twenty four point lead, twenty four <laughs> point lead, and he just laps him. Yeah, he just comes in and laps him. <laughs> it's it's like you know, it's almost like. I think Scott and I were talking maybe off air or on one of the shows that like it's like he probably had like as soon as he was getting ready to like the whole time he was getting these treatments like he had a poster of Pat LaFontaine by his <laughs> hospital bed like going like okay this is like this is what I'm going after right here it's not you know, even, it's, it wasn't it's even stupid it wasn't even statistically improbable it was statistically impossible oh yeah it was just to like do what the, he did you yeah. know, I mean even finishing second would have been great yeah. I mean like yeah. <laughs> I mean, because he laughed them, and just, it just that's that's the insane part, and 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 there's so many different things, but a, a couple of highlights that I just have is, you know, the the cancer scenario, the not uh, Hodgkin's disease. I mean, it, it's also the back problems and how many games he missed. People having to tie his skates to get yeah. into games before he got yeah. on the ice, you know, to even to even play, and then couldn't even really practice a lot of times. So he just he just comes in there and does his thing. That's why I will say, and I know this might sound very homerish, and 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 I, and, but even even number ninety nine, the guy whose number is the other way, admits that you know he's the best player that he's personally seen, just because of if you look at the man games missed, and the numbers aren't in front of us right here now, but the number of games he missed, he averages what one point nine nine yeah. uh, points a game. So if you take you're a data scientist, Phil, right? Oh, so I did. I did. Back to you. I did all the stats if years he, ago. If, if he had the same career as Gretzky, he would have crushed all the records. Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. And the thing is, here's the other part of it. Let's just say if he still misses some time, we'll throw in some like 100 games or 50 games, whatever you might throw in. Okay, well, he missed that many. We'll, we'll factor that into the equation. Yeah. It, 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 even if you do that, you know, you, 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 you say that, well, he, he just every time he was healthy, he just obliterated. Yeah. The, 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 and, and the other thing, and I'll throw, like, I know you wanted to, to speak, Scott, but the first few years, like you said, 88 was a player. I mean, during uh, Gretzky's run, he had a lot of great players around with Coffee oh, yeah. and Messier. Messier and all these people around Curry. him, Kevin Lowe, Yari Curry. I Couple mean, the first few under. years that Lemieux was there, he's playing with B-listers. <laughs> I mean, he's like Robbie. I mean, there was a Warren Young who he made a forty-some goal score. Yeah, millionaire. Uh, uh, Robbie Brown yeah. who he made a forty-some goal year score. Maybe 50. Rod Buskus. Rod, <laughs> the great, the great Rod. Buskus. Gary Risling. Gary Risling. Yeah. So Mark Kachowski. Yeah, we're talking. <laughs> we're talking. We're not. We're we're talking about. He's basically a man among. Oh yeah. Scum. I mean, but he lifted everybody up. He did lift. I mean, yeah. a, a, a high tide floats all boats, right? But my point is, you take that too, and if he had maybe some, if he had a Recky right then at the time, if he had a Ron Francis at the oh, time, yeah. or if he had a Kevin Stevens that were already on the team, he would have destroyed like the first few years. But yeah. he was pretty much having to do a lot of stuff himself and distribute to these guys who they were not even 
talking about Marquee, they weren't even like the C-listers almost. Right, right. And, and so I think that's what elevates him to, I believe, if it wasn't for, now you can't change history, right? So you just can't. But to your point, if that was happening, you said you broke down the numbers, I think he easily would have been considered the best vote. Well, I think what I would say is it, it would have had a good shot. Does. I think, you know, because they're 84, Gretzky came in 80, so there's that four-year lag, and then all of yep. a sudden, the, the 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 scoring by '94 started getting sucked out of the game. Well, yeah, because yep. of the clutch yeah. and grab. Yeah, but I, I think it would have been interesting. Yeah, right. It would have yeah. been interesting. Well, yeah. what is interesting is how much respect those two guys have for oh, each other. 100 percent. They both say 100%. that the other one is yes. the best. Correct. And that's that's correct. That's amazing. There's yeah. just that, and I I, I apologize because you don't see that a lot. No, exactly. I'm the guy. No, I'm the guy. I'm right. the guy. You know, I, I, mean? I was pulling some other stuff down earlier today, and I for, I forgot to get it. But they actually had a very very small sample size of head to head because of injuries. Yeah, and playing different teams, being different division uh, conferences. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. Uh, Anyway, so uh, I got I got some uh, I got a couple other clips here. Go I want to go through, and then we'll talk about your thoughts on, on yeah, this. One. Yeah. This this one here is probably why Jeff Carter got a seven million dollar contract. Challenged by Howell, gave it right behind the net. And here's Lemieux putting it in the bucket. It's goal! He picked Hextall's bucket. Ricky was walking down Fifth Avenue, and the Penguins lead five one. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the one in the playoff game where the Mark Hall reversed it behind the net. How went to get it? Lemieux just lifted the goalie stick, took it, yep. and then just turned and stuffed it. Those two playing together is really not fair. <laughs> that's that's just too, that, it's like if I'm, if I'm sitting, I'm, I'm on the other opposing bench. I'm going, isn't that TV I can watch somewhere? As I, I don't really want to want to be here right now. <laughs> no, Mark Howe was the flyer. What? Oh, oh, you're talking about which, you're talking about when they played in the All Star in '88. No, 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 no. '88 playoffs when when oh, oh, he, okay. he picked his. Huxtell's pocket oh, okay. behind the net. Yeah, okay. we're yeah. going down there. I was, yeah. I was, I was morphing into the uh, the uh, Olympic, not the Olympics, but the uh, Canada Cup. Canada Cup. Yeah, yeah. When those two players. No, that was Sorry, Mark Howe. Yeah, yeah. I was. Going, I'll get to that one later. I was. I, I went. I went one step ahead. Yeah, the whole left thing. Well, yeah. There was also the the multiple. I don't know how many goals he had or how many points, but that there was the. When Hextall chased Robbie Brown around, yeah, Brown that was a, that was. I was at that game. Yeah, that was a different game. Getting the getting the big yeah, yeah. Wally stick and waving it around like a big hatchet. Yeah, but I love that uh, he he picked his pocket like he was walking down Fifth Avenue. Like he's walking down. <laughs> only Mike Lang can, oh. can, can do. On the spot, Dave. Yeah, that's why he's a Hall of Fame announcer. Of course. Yeah. Um, and then uh, here's another one. Sorry, I messed up your reference. No, 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 no. That's okay. This I think I think this one we'll, we'll go long on. Out right side, Murphy shooting. Same made rebound on the view. Game three, one, down three goals, twice. down three goals, twice, and uh, shot for the pad, got the rebound. Uh, the, yeah, I mean he, he and, and that's why this, he's the greatest player because he knew where that puck was going. And Phil, if you would go back and watch that, and I was watching that at a bar in Tampa when I was living. I was down watching there. it. Okay, well, I mean, if you, if, I mean, if you go back and see it again, yeah. you could see this conversation that Lemieux had with Murphy and with guys. It's like it's I don't know what happened in that conversation, but it's like. I'm going to shoot it off these big pads, and you're going to come right back in and get the rebound. Here, here's the best part. Lemieux, the center, didn't take the face off, was floating. Right. Kind of, he, he, like, I don't know how he disappears because he's 6'4", but, like, nobody was near him. No. The puck just hopped right onto his stick. Yep. Past Belfour. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, that was 
I mean, I mean that alone was like because really, this is a team Chicago was it that won like fourteen, fifteen straight games 11. going in eleven. Okay, I know we had won. We like tied. 12, yeah, and so I mean they were they were and they were they were banging bodies around. They they had say, they had some people that could throw their weight around. And they they came out there and they were pushing their weight around and we were in, they were in trouble. We were on our hills. And, and but when that happened, it's like that series all of a sudden shifted to like yep. um, whatever hope Chicago thought they had. It's like okay, well we have all that. What are we going to do now? Yeah. We had a three goal lead twice, and we have Tom Barrasso, one of the better goalies in the whole league. Even though Belfour was pretty oh, good yeah. too, it's like how do we how do we overcome that? And they couldn't, and they got swept. I mean, they're close games. Like the next couple, yeah, right, the right. last one was like one nothing or whatever. But, but that 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 series to me, Scott was was won that game, you know, just because of just because of that one play. So, that's that's well. I mean, it, it it was a, a I would call it a turning point, quite frankly, um, because you know they they won a lot of tight games the last two. They did. They did. Um, they, they they rolled for for the next one. Uh, game two at yeah they're all pretty tight but i mean just mentally oh I'm just for talking sure about like yeah. if you're in chicago's mind yeah. they're thinking and, and barasso played out of his mind of the last course. two games yeah we, we talked you know yeah. 30, 35 well, I, I thought uh i thought in that series off samuelson showed up and just threw his body around yep um and was just able to match chicago with the body with their hits. intensity yeah yeah because yeah. yeah. he obviously played on the edge yeah you know, all the time and sometimes over it so that yeah, that was that was that was big too. But I mean, you know, I mean, the thing is, uh, um, the, the thing that just sticks in my mind. Uh, one of the things, and this is just completely arcane reference here, but uh, Mario met Natalie, his wife, when he was in juniors, and like uh, so, she one of their dates, first dates, he invited her to a game and had her down by the glass, and 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 so after the game. You know, she's all excited, and they won, and he goes, she comes down and goes, oh, my God, I can't believe it. You had, like, five points. And he goes, well, that's kind of my average. <laughs> so he's like, <laughs> with 185 goals or whatever you're talking about. Oh, right? yeah. Here, here's another one for the uh, one of my uh, – I, I flip-flop on these next two of which one's better, but we're going to go with this one first. Look at this. in the skates of Captain Ray Bork and waited for Bork to make the move, which turned out to be a port. Yeah, I remember that too. 92. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I mean, he just, he grabbed the puck in the slot in the own end, skated straight up Bork, he had another guy next to him, put the puck in Ray Bork's feet. Hall of Famer, and, yeah. and, and, and the title of this is Lemieux Turnstiles Bork. <laughs> yeah. And breaking through guys, remember that one where guys were hanging all over him? And you that, probably and, remember yeah. that and then, and, and then he's like uh, 10 feet away from Moog, and he just snaps one right over his glove, and he was already to the right. Yeah. So you would think he would go far side, but no, he snaps it right over the glove. Roof, well, roofs it. Yeah. And, you know, there's, I mean, everybody this table knows, there people, Michael Jordan... You know, Wayne Gretzky, obviously, uh, Joe DiMaggio, you know, in baseball, uh, you know, the, the splendid splinter there, Ted Williams. Uh, you know, you can go each different sport, Maradona. You could go. There are people that see the game and slow the game down way more than any other human that's ever played it. So, I mean, there's 
people that are here and then everybody else is just looking to try to get there but yeah. they're but they're always right below and you know what i'm saying and then, and there's you can't you can't just you can't teach that yeah um you know it's, it's the same thing we talked about joe green and what he did and and things like that but there are uh, athletes that you know that, that supersede everything else that, that they're they're just above a certain level but and then the first goal he scored against the bruins yeah so he's against Ray Bork, by the way, because yeah. the puck was coming up against the wall. He swatted it down with one hand against the boards and squared it past Borky, and he was off to the race. And so he scored, Phil, against a goalie that the Bruins had at the time. Called, his name is Pete Peters. Mm-hmm. And Pete Peters, the junior team he played for, was the Peterborough Peets. <laughs> so Pete Peters of the Peterborough Peets has the distinct you know, honor of having Mary Lemieux score his, the first goal. In the NHL. On his first shot. On, on his, his first, first shot. On his shift. first So I will shift. say from my family's perspective, we weren't hockey people. My dad's flipping through one night, and he sees this hockey game on. And Lemieux's playing, and he's just fantastic. I mean, he, he's just doing what Lemieux does. Yeah, doing Lemieux things. That turned us into mm. a hockey family where we never missed another game for 12 years. Yeah. Um, every yeah. single game we watched. Because it was just, what is this guy going to do next? Yeah. I mean, I swear, and I can't remember the game, but he passed the puck through like two player skates, wove through three defensemen, and, and got the goal. And you were just like, how did he get the puck where he did? But it comes back to what you were saying. It's like he saw the game in slow motion. Yeah. So it was... So the play happened before yeah, it was happening. I'm going to do this, and I'll be here. These guys don't even know... You know, he's seeing, he's playing he's, chess. He's two chess, I was going to say, he's, he's two chess, chess moves yeah. ahead. He's yeah. playing chess, the he's rest playing, of everybody else playing hockey. He's playing three-dimensional chess because right. <laughs> on that goal that I just played, he's, he's, in, the, he's in the slot, a little, little over in the right-hand uh, face-off circle with his six-foot-four pterodactyl reach. And I just texted you a picture, Phil. And, and Dave, if you scroll down to the bottom of the notes, I, I, I captured a picture of, of him with uh, Messier, Gretzky, and Orr, and, and an interviewer. Okay. And, and you just, you, <laughs> he looks like he, a giant. He looks like a giant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. and, and he... He, he dwarfs them, kind of. He, <laughs> he, he squatted down and smacked the puck down that was a cross-ice pass, and then he took it from the slot, like I said earlier, and just skated right up the middle. And, and, and to me... Um, and let's it, it, that that just was one of the defining moments. And, and here's here, here comes another one. You might know this one, Dave. Here's Lemieux trying to get the motor going. Ricky is decked again in center ice and knocked off his skates by Norton. Lemieux's in on goal and shot. Hey! Shoots and scores! Mary Lemieux beats Casey like a red and mule again. And the Penguins lead 3-1. Oh, you'd have to be here to believe it. So, 91. <laughs> yeah. Split Neil Wilkinson and I forget the other. That's the one I was curtain, talking about before. Yeah, curtain jerker. Yeah, uh, Stanley Cup final, and I, I just remember the, the statue out front. They, no, 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 that's a different one. That's oh, the different statue. That, that's against the Leafs. Um, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. This, this, this is they're 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 a little bit on their heels. The, the puck's a little loosey goosey along the left side defensive zone. Phil Bork gets it and is skating backwards and just kind of saucers it up the Mario skating up the right hand side. He grabs it and skates through ice. The center ice, and then just left, right, left, right between those two ding dongs. Oh yeah, now I remember. Okay, I remember what talking about. Yeah, the other one was against the North Stars when he split the other guys. Uh, which um, I think uh, the one guy that he ended up splitting in, in that in that Minnesota in that North Stars uh, in that finals game 
was one of the guys that I think the, the, the Penguins drafted. I thought was it, what's it? Who was the defenseman? I can't remember his name. But Jimmy Johnson? No, no, no. The, for the for the North Stars, it wasn't Johnson. It was a that, that tall dude. I can't remember his name. It's we'll have to look it up. But uh, the one that has the statue. And eventually, his his son was drafted by that guy's son was drafted okay. by, by the Penguins. But anyway, um, well, I have I have one other thing that I wanted to. I got uh, one goal left. Go, go, go! Oh, do it, please. So I'll I'll, I'll sit on that. Do you, you, you do you, you want to take a take a little guess? Maybe the one I just talked about. Our Chuck wins it in. Here's Lemieux poking at the center. Lemieux ahead to Gretzky. Has Murphy with him on a two-on-one to Lemieux. And on goal. He shoots. He scores. Dan Kelly. With 126 That's Yep. The great Dan Kelly, the broadcaster for uh, St. Louis 80, Blues. 87 Canada Cup. That's the one I, I was talking about before that I tried you're, you're to jump struggling in. on that one. Yeah. Nope, nope. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was that's the one I, I yeah. rudely interjected at the wrong time about the uh them two playing together was was literally pretty much under. That should have been illegal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean the list is the list is endless uh with his with his stuff. But I, I have one one last thing, hopefully that yeah, we we've been on this beating this in a while, but so the comeback, uh and I believe it was mm. the it was the first comeback. The second one was when Lemieux on retired. The second time was what that goal against, against the, Leafs, the Leafs, right? Yeah. Okay, but the first one, Phil Flyers. So they're playing. The, they're playing. I think the New Jersey, Flyers. right? The Flyers. Okay. Well, uh, uh, Yager is still playing, right? Mm-hmm. So Yager and Lemieux are out there, and I don't know whether it was a power play or not. They were just out there, mm-hmm. and there was a, a play right around the net, and I know the, the player you're the talking puck, about. The, the puck just bounced <laughs> in, but at the time it bounced in. The net looked like it popped up a little bit like that, so they they didn't know whether it yeah. was off the mooring when it was going in. So so at the time that they had the thing where they would go and they would go with his phone and they would reach the phone and they now they go up they they Toronto right. and they whatever. But they had the thing. So the Gary Thorne, God bless him, was the ESPN guy. I loved him, guy. Yeah, yeah. Who yep. was the ESPN original guy before Doc Emmerich, and he was really good. And so I remember this distinctly. He goes over, and they go over, and they, they say, oh, they're going to look at this, whatever. So you see this guy, the off-ice official, just reach this phone with a cord attached like to, yeah. to, the, to the referee. And, and so they're going, and I never forget this. And, and Gary Thorne goes, um, I got news for you, Mr. Referee. There's nobody at the end of that line. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was his first point coming yeah, back in his yeah, first game. Yeah. Like, no, you know, yeah. let's forget about it. <laughs> they're not disallowing that one. So anyway, but yeah, I mean, we knew this was going to be be lengthy, but it certainly was was deserving because you know, us is and the point you made, Phil. I'll just say one last thing: is that a lot of people at that game you said you watched when your dad turned the game on, yeah. and then for twelve straight years you start. There's probably a lot of those, oh, a lot of other families that thousands. can say the exact yep. same thing that say, "Oh, this hockey stuff. Look at this guy. We got to start going to these games. <laughs> yeah. We got to start watching this stuff." That that's the kind of thing he was a generational guy that probably turned lots of families, not so, just yours. I want to add one last thing. So yeah. I was a I was a season ticket holder for the Pens, and actually over on my desk over there are two silver coins, and it's Crosby and Lemieux, and they gave them away two games apart. It was Crosby's first year, and Lemieux was still playing. Right. Think right. about that handoff. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. So yeah. That that handoff to me is the best handoff yeah. ever in professional sports. Yeah, no doubt. Lemieux's out, Crosby's in, 
and carries the torch. Yeah, not uh, to mention him being his tenant, like Crosby being his <laughs> yeah. tenant and Mitch Wickley there for a while. Yeah. Just like, but, I mean, yeah, so. it was just amazing to see those two play together. Um, and it Uh-oh. was amazing to see, you know, yeah. I grew up, Lemieux was always a, a penguin during my yeah. lifetime. Yeah. So, uh, can't, I mean, you guys could do an entire podcast for three hours about Lemieux's career. Yeah, of course. But, uh, and the fact for he, me, it was, he was the guy who turned me onto hockey mm-hmm. and I'll never look at hockey any different than this is the guy. Well, and we had the we had the absolute pleasure of you know Gretzky was traded how many times? Oh yeah, with the Blues, with the right. with the with the, with the with Rangers, with, yeah, with the L.A. The, Kings, yeah, Kings, and and and, and so we, we were also blessed to have a lot of these guys for their entire careers, right. like the seventy Steelers teams for their basically for the most part of their entire careers. You oh, know, imagine, like a Willie Stargell for his entire career. Imagine if Messier and Gretzky would have stayed together for their entire careers, yeah. like Lemieux was able to do, and. I mean, holy and now cow. Gino and Sid. Gino you know, and Sid, yeah. They're three cups, yeah. you know. So, but yeah, but you know, the, uh, the, the only thing that left a bad taste in my mouth was the year that they lost to the Islanders in that series where David Volokh scored that goal. Yeah. That I was so hoping, that, not just because I wanted them to win, but they would have played the Kings in the final. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and that would have been to me the showcase of all showcases where Lemieux, I believe, yep. would have had su- not a burr under his saddle. But but he he would have been so amped up to really show the entire hockey world, hey, you think this guy's the guy? I'm um, I'm a little bit of the guy too. Maybe maybe you maybe think about that twice. That, that would have been the uh, I think the they would number have one. That would have been the number one series in all of sports ever. Gretzky versus Montreal Lemieux. was not us. Yeah. They 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 yeah. yeah they they beat the Kings and we would have easily with that star-studded lineup. Would have easily matched the Kings, who were getting by on goaltending and some good defense, and with Gretzky in his first line. Oh, I mean that to me would have been a five game, well, plus, maybe. Yeah, plus Gretzky was actually really hurt. He, yeah, uh, he wasn't I, I, on that interview that I was uh, from that mm. picture I was showing you guys uh-huh. earlier. Um, in, in the Calgary series, he said he he just took like the worst cross check ever. Okay, and he had two cracked ribs, and he's oh, okay. like he, 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 he couldn't that. even breathe. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, yeah, we knew this one was going to be lengthy. So yeah. So let's, uh, let's, wrap let's, take, let's take a pause for the cause. and I need uh, some snacks. Yeah, we'll, we'll be back with uh, some uh, Steelers football. Okay, boys, back from the break. Get your ears on, and uh, let's dive into uh, preseason game numero uno. Yeah, so the uh, pick at the pickens mm. combo platter worked mm-hmm. out quite nicely in that first drive. That was that was good to see, and I, I think the thing was most important for me to see on that is just the the number of intermediate throws, the the, the different types of of throws that, that happened in that drive, you know, various targets that happened. Obviously, Pickens being the, the big one with the 33-yard whatever it was. Mm, um, the yak. With the yak there to, to get into pay dirt. But, I mean, I think it's just, you know, it's the first game. It's the first preseason, preseason game and all that jazz. But it's first on first for that drive. And, you know, I, I like the, the way the maturity is, is – uh, he throw it in here, Scott, and, and, and you know some 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 nice uh, tighter throws and 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 in in uh, in in space. Even the last one, especially, you guys can comment. But you know that was a 
pretty good coverage by that by that secondary guy, and he, he threaded, th- th- threaded that yeah. up there where, where Pickens could grab it. And I think that's the thing I think that gets Steeler fans, you know, excited to, to, to see not just him, obviously some really good plays by by eighteen there too by Deontay Johnson that that, that set up some things uh, mm-hmm. too as well. But it just that was kind of a hopefully a, a harbinger of things to come, right? Because they had so much difficulty scoring touchdowns, you know, yeah. in first halves of games last year. Now they turned that around a lot in the last, you know, nine games where they were seven and two, and and and, and you know, Kenny got his got his footing and, and did some things. But I think that's that's my biggest thing, like possession downs, mm-hmm. uh, first downs on possession downs when they needed third and eight, mm-hmm. you know, third and six, you know, whatever possession downs. You know, big thing. So, what do you? Yeah, no. I think the big thing for me is, uh, you know, they had uh, for as good as Kenny played uh, going down the stretch, seven and two. um, You know, they they still really weren't scoring unless they were inside the red zone, right? And and you know that strike came outside the red zone, right? Um, Correct. And 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 split the uh, what's Pickens number one and a four, right? Split 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 the one and four exactly. Gave him the ability to make the moves. Sure. And and strut his stuff, but yep. you know, and and you know, Kenny held on to the ball. One of my comments I have in there is, is he wasn't just checking down right away. No, he, no, he, he yep. let the play develop. And uh, you know, kudos to uh, much maligned Matt Canada for uh, you know drawing up a good uh, you know first uh, first possession um, uh, choreography. Yeah, there. I think they used a lot of wet. You know, Fryermuth with a, a catch or two in there and some. And some other people, DJ, which I talked about, mm-hmm. uh, and and, mm-hmm. and you know they 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 were moving it around, and and you know Kenny's even when he was on the move, moving the pocket towards the towards the boundary, you know he was able to to get to catch uh, Johnson on that one where they was Tony toe tap there on the sideline for a first down uh, play that kept the drive alive, and that's the kind of thing that we're, I mean I'm, all Steeler fans I think are are buoyed by is that, that this is a guy that can. He's not going to just take off and run for the sake of running. He he, he maintains his his field of vision down downfield, mm-hmm. and, and looking for guys. And he's not going to just he's not going to run it up in there unless he sees that as a, he unless it's a final just a final option that yeah. he sees. And and that that was so big. And and then you know we obviously have the the, the big out front things, and we we'll talk about some little camp phenoms and some some battles that we talked about last week. But you know, on that first drive, it was. Dan Moore Jr. as a starter, he came in as, as tackle, but you know, uh, to finish out the game, uh, Mr. Broderick Jones, yeah, had 49 of the 60 offensive snaps, so including you know the ones that were uh, C A I I I, as I like to call him, Calvin Austin third, you know, had that big 67 yarder later. So, but I, I, you know, I just think, look, we had, we know what the defense is capable of. We know what they added to this defense. If this offense can be a 20 some point. 27 point whatever scoring offense that you know it's it's going to be it could be good enough because there's a lot of a lot of players on defense both of you and i think it's just that they have to come out of the gate you can't be like behind or or struggling to 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 score in the first halves anymore they have to to get on the board and that obviously first first foray the other last week was was at least a good opening sign right yeah phil no, I, I mean beyond beyond the starters, which you know early in preseason, you kind of uh, you kind of expect the starters to do well. What really caught me was how good everybody else played. So Mason yes. Rudolph comes in, right? Yes. Um, what did he do? One hundred and 
hundred and some passing yep. yards. Uh, Seven for 11 or uh, something. Yeah. Touchdown. Um, really promising. Yes. The only big question mark that I have is um, Mason Cole at center, which I think is great. But what happens when he gets uh, – if he gets injured or he can't make it? Because I think the whole thing comes crashing down, right? You don't have Pouncey at center anymore. Uh, the backup is Kendrick Green, Yikes. who is uh, taking snaps at fullback yeah. at training camp. Yeah. Um, that is the biggest question mark I think the Steelers have right now. And you're not going to see that until week five into the season. Yeah, if Mason Cole can, can, can keep with it um, and stay healthy, great. Um, if not, I think that uh, the entire system that, that Canada has comes crashing down. Well, they've been moving somebody else, and I'm trying to bring this up as, as my technology allows here, but um, uh, they're moving somebody else into the, 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 the center spot. I don't know if they have even have depth charts on here yet, but they've been, they've been moving somebody else uh, on, uh, in, in the center position uh, to, to, to try to, to maybe uh, – oh, Herbick. Oh. Um, who they've they've actually they uh, Nate that is mm-hmm. they, they he's been taking some snaps at, at camp at center too so they've been trying to shuffle shuffle uh, on that to see if maybe if he has some position flexibility to your point to try to see if there's somebody else a little bit more reliable right and and he's been taking snaps in camp at at, uh, at the center spot so we'll see if that's yeah and, the direction and, they go to maybe help your cause and I bring it up because you know second strings playing. What's Kendrick Green do? He has a missed snap, right? That, yeah. <laughs> and a holding penalty that nullified, right. nullified like a 30-yard run by, right. by uh, right. uh, I mean, McFarlane. Just, yeah. Yeah. And that's right. Right. And, 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 you know, I mean, I mean, the only thing that, I mean, is he, is he going to turn into some short yardage mini fridge type of guy? They're really going to go there? I don't know. I mean, they've, short yardage has been a problem with them, but it comes down to Dotson and Green, possibly. So Dotson, Kevin Dotson, that is, if Green becomes this hybrid fullbacky uh short yardage goal line uh fullback maybe i don't know <laughs> yeah. but i mean i mean they they, they 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 you know they put a lot of investment in them so to just chuck them to the weeds i think they are going to try to see how that works and i don't know i mean i i don't know whether he does that or not i mean obviously they have because their other fullback that they had in camp got hurt right uh, right and, and he's done for the year so you you now have uh cam hayward's uh brother Connor, right? But he, but he's more like of an a, like an H back, right? Mm-hmm. He's not your, a mm-hmm. true fullback, so he's a guy that you know, lines up more than slot or or an H back spot. So he's not going to be the true uh, true guy that we've had like in the in the in past Steeler uh, teams that, that 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 they had you know true fullbacks. So yeah, so I mean, I would we'll I would see. say things are lining up Steelers, right? But that is that is the big question sure. mark when I watched yeah. preseason and I watched training camp and uh, you know reading the articles. That that was the one that stuck out for me. Sure. Is yeah, th- this has to be addressed, and I don't I don't know if they'll address it or if they're just gonna roll the dice. Yeah, um, but I think you know what what we got. You know, Pickett Pickens. Th- this is gonna be the uh, um, this this is this is the combination we're gonna go after. I mean, yeah, it, it, it reminds me of the 49ers back in the uh, back in the eighties and nineties. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is yeah. this is exciting. Yeah, and also that court, that 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 wide receiver room too, Scott is, is 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 pretty full. I mean, you're talking about Calvin Austin III, third coming, CA three coming back, and he they never really got a glimpse because he was he was hurt all last year. And it, but you see in this little sample size of 
again, two on twos or whatever it was, his speed, his quickness, his hands was why they drafted him in the third round. Yeah, you know, because you know his 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 just ability to get down the field and to, and to make plays. And I think you're you're gonna maybe see more. You have, you know, you still have uh, Robinson and 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 some some other guys there that in that in that wide receiver room. You know, Cody White, who still shows stuff. He he may take a job from Miles Boykin, and 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 and, and so that whole receiver room as a whole um it's just got you know gunner osevsky may still make it because of the special teams thing and whatever but they they've got like again the, the robinson thing deontay johnson pickens obviously way out front but that 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 receiver room cody white i think is a guy i, I really i really think he's really solid mm-hmm. they, 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 there's a lot of targets there is what i'm just trying yeah. to say yeah and now you and now you put in the the, the tight end situation with with Darnell Washington, another mm-hmm. Georgia Bulldog, and, and and Gentry, who's a tremendous blocker, and, and of course Fryermuth, and and you know Hayward's kind of hybridy that can move the tight end or he could you know do the H back thing. So, I, I think the biggest thing to take away is uh, is is that there's just more targets, uh, period. And I, and I think OC Canada is and, and Tomlin are gonna you know let Pickens run the game more. So with all those targets. Go go do what you did in college, mm-hmm. right? This is the year yeah. for you to, to to show us what you got. Yeah, sure. Um, and, and Scott, I mean, no, I, I agree. I think some of the other other things that I, I wanted to point out was, um, you know, uh, Anthony McFarland's performance. Oh, yeah. uh, is 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 kind of showing that um, that's why they spent a third rounder on him a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I th- I think that um, you know, if 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 he can bring that, I think the running game is all that much more. Uh, palatable with uh you know the uh the, the number one back that we've got uh you know stuffing down their throat you know uh 25 times a game yeah yeah and 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 Nigel and, and Jalen yeah. Warren who I still think is, he's such a great pass protector Jalen Warren is and he third down guy yeah and he also can just hit a hole I mean the guy yeah. just is fearless going up into a hole and so I think that room is, is pretty good too and I think that's just gonna that's just gonna put just more more ammunition in, in Kenny's gun, you know, basically mm-hmm. because he knows he's got so many different people. And this Washington, they, they, people are calling him Mount Washington now from Georgia. You know, you can't teach, you know, big and you can't teach fast and, and strong. You know, it just, it's just you have it or you don't. And and we haven't even seen, you know, them unleash all these things yet. And that's what, what, what to me is a little bit exciting is the how many different people that the defenses are going to have to account for right uh you know and and which they didn't have that really in the in the, in the past uh, and and now with you know kenny maturing in the second year it's how he uses those people and as you said phil like oc canada being you know now having a real full complement of people so now it's time to 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 really unleash your offense your second year quarterback's now ready to take on a lot more of the playbook yeah, you know where they. It's obviously very limited when you're a rookie like that, first round pick or not. You know, you you can only you, you can only assimilate so much into one guy that's that young, and and I think that that's uh, we're gonna we're gonna see how that works because they just have to be better uh, and really have almost nowhere to go up in the first halves of games to not be, you know, down three up three whatever it is and having your defense having to three and out people all the time. They, you want to be able to play with the lead as much as you can, um, and, and and give that defense a chance to go to oh. go, go make plays. So, and uh, you know, defensively, you know, they went out and did some things. I mean, 
the other herb back there <laughs> is, is, is starting, and I hate to just throw this out there and sound to be overly optimistic, but he's got a little bit of uh, TJ 2.0 in him. Like, you know, he's got a motor. He's, you know, this was obviously one game, but the swim moves he was making, the dips and dives into the quarterback, the tackles for loss, the disruption yeah. that he looks like he can bring. I'm really excited to see what this kid does. Well, I like the quote that, that I was able to capture there. And, and you know, it's uh, he says, I feel like I was born to be a Steeler. Yeah. I'm supposed to be here. I feel the black and gold running through my veins right now. <laughs> it's something about the Wisconsin stuff. They're going to have to start. Uh, other teams are going to say, hey, that's enough of you guys with this Wisconsin guys. <laughs> must, have been, must, must, must have been the gold cheese. Something in the water. Something in the in The, in the, the gold in the cheese. cheese. <laughs> yeah. So, but so so let me ask you guys as the uh, as the uh, experts on the microphone for sixty six episodes now. When I look at Pickett and Pickens, what I see is uh, Montana and Rice or Steve Young and Rice. Like yeah, this we'll is see. this is the uh, yeah. this is the early days of that matchup. That, that, that that's all going to depend on on how well that offensive line comes together. Yeah, and and I I think they did a, a remarkably improved job over the last nine games of last year. Now, hopefully they, they kind of parlay that and piggyback right, that to, right. to this year. But I mean that it, it but it, I think that, 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 that potential wow. is there. Of course. That, B-Ray with a web gem. Huge, huge catch. Really real time update. <laughs> five, five in the ninth, uh, trying to sweep this day night doubleheader. What a catch by Mr. That is a, well, not a home run, but I mean, that's a probably double or triple. Oh yeah. Not that catch, but, you know, I think I think that uh, if things line up, we're looking at a dynasty that we saw back in the the '80s and '90s: Montana Rice, Young Rice, um, because you see that magic when those two when those two guys are on the field together. You just see that magic. Well, the synergy was was already like kind of there, almost almost um, organically, right? I right. Mean, like you could like when they were they they knew that each other were, were going to be a big part of each other's lives and careers. Um, and right, it wasn't fabricated. No, no, it, it wasn't. And and you know, uh, a lot of people talk about, uh, e- uh, you know, Pickens' attitude and ego, whatever. But you know, that that all comes with confidence. I mean, uh, having an ego is something that's important uh, as long as it doesn't become selfish. As long as long as you as long as you know that, look, there are games when you may get three targets just because the way that they're playing. Right. So you have to be able to to be patient enough to say okay like and that's where i think there's a fine line between confidence and and over ego right and and i I think that's the thing i think where kenny will will probably help that 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 in to where to say listen they may they may have got you for for 34 minutes but it's that one where i see you breaking (laughs) free and then that they're not and that's the one that's the just let's just play another play yeah just play another play it's just like keep rolling the dice, keep going in there. Yeah. Because, you know, you, eventually that's going to happen. I think that's the, the key thing is for them to be patient, to say, we'll eventually get them. Yeah. You know, yeah. All, all it takes is one. <laughs> right. All it takes is one. You know, I mean, right. I, it's, it, it's, it's uh, I go back to a thing that we, I think Scott and I talked about in another show is that back in the 79 Super Bowl when the Steelers were playing the Rams, uh, and it's in, um, the a football life, you know, they have those uh, football lives on, yeah. on uh, yep. NFL Network. And the one for Chuck Noll had a segment at the end where Terry Bradshaw was talking about, you know, at the end of the game. And again, they, they were just getting they were just getting stymied like the entire time. It was like back and forth. They were barely ahead and, you know, just whatever. And 
you know, they put in this play, and Ter- Terry said, you know, look, we ran, we ran the play in practice every, uh, never completed it, hated it. You know, but, 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 but Chuck just said, listen, we're only going to beat these guys by throwing the ball deep. And so I trusted him. And he said, he put in that play, the Stallworth cut, cut it over his head. for the test. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and I've seen the highlights. Said, I wasn't alive then. So he, <laughs> he just said, so Chuck's play won us that Super Bowl. And the reason I make that reference is because, you know, you just keep pounding the rock. Yeah. Like yeah. One, one of like John Gruden's favorite statements when he was in Tampa was just pound the rock, just pound the rock. Eventually, you keep pounding the, and, yeah. and it's gonna and it's gonna break open. So you just have to be patient enough to go. And they may get you for the first fifteen plays, but the sixteenth one, we're gonna bust it wide open, and then they're not gonna be able to stop you. Yeah. And so that's that's the, the to your point about the Pickens thing. Obviously, the, the thing about you know Montana Rice kind of thing. We'll see. Uh, but I mean, hopefully it's just pick it to Pickens ends up being a big a big thing. Yeah, in it just seems like that chemistry is there. My fear is watching Canada's offense last year. Right, the 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage pass. Um, it seemed like in the first preseason game, anyhow, it's a different gameplay that he has. Um, hopefully that carries through because you can't throw the ball 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage and expect to. Uh, Expect to do a whole lot, and we did that a lot last year. Yeah, I think some of the thing about getting behind the chains was penalties and 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 just uh, and sometimes maybe just not opening the playbook up enough because not knowing what they had with number eight. Right, and, right, and, and and maybe trying to uh, trying to make some plays out of out of I don't want to say nothing, but maybe just trying to make a play behind the line of scrimmage to to move it up the field a few. And I think now you're going to see. That, that playbook open up enough to where they're going to start saying we ha- we have enough trust now where he's going to make these intermediate throws he's going to make the, yeah. the progressions like deep middle we, short we went past quicker. page two in the playbook correct <laughs> correct that's right so uh, but I mean look I mean and you just like, we haven't really even scratched the surface of the defense with Patrick Peterson I think that's a big thing but he's now going to be a guy that's a a slot corner sometimes a, a nickel dime guy so he can face the field. And just make plays, which is what he's good at doing at. At his advanced age, he's not a guy that's just going to stand outside the numbers and cover the number one receiver anymore. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just not, it's not really a, a fair thing to expect him to do as your Pirates got out of the top of the ninth and we're still 5-5 five, five in the bottom of the ninth. But I guess what I'm saying is you now have Joey Porter Jr. JPJ. You, know, you, you have Levi Wallace, who is still uh, still very much in the mix on the right side. And now we're talking about the uh, JPJ mate. You know, end up end up winning a starting job because he's going against another guy who's who's decent, but you know the, he's he, he's got such length and, and such he, he's now a guy that can That's maybe just said. cover the outside of the numbers. But I think I, I'm interested to see what Peterson does in his new role, which is kind of I don't want to say rover, but kind of like a guy that can now Slot face guy, the yeah. field mm-hmm. and see plays in front of him, even some safety. Yeah. Like in the nickel and dime, where he's not just running with guys trying to cover them outside the numbers. But I think it's gonna. His football sense, even his advanced age at 35, 6, whatever, he can now just go see the field and make plays. Like Palomalo-ish. Or, yeah. yeah. You know, or, or, you know, I was going to say that. Ronnie Lott. Yeah. Ronnie yeah. Lott or, 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 or that. Even, even our guy back in Carnell Lake. Yeah. You know, it's safety corner, safety corner back and forth. But those guys have the football sense. And I'm interested to see how disruptive and how intercepty. That they'll have, like Patrick Peterson could be in his, in his new role as kind of the guy that just sees the field and goes and make plays. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and you know, obviously the, the, the linebacker uh, contract was big. Getting that done, you know, before helping me out, the guy from uh, TJ's opposite. 57. Uh, no, the, the, uh, the linebacker that re-signed from Charlotte uh, that, that got the contract. Yeah, 57. Well, his name. Oh. <laughs> That's what I was looking for. <laughs> um, well, I have it here in front of me. I'll look it up. But, I mean, getting that, getting that contract done at, uh, at, at, at that spot was, was, was huge. Uh, because, you know, you, Alex Highsmith. Yeah. Um, Him. Yeah, that guy. Right. So getting What that, numbers guy, Phil? Getting that, <laughs> getting that done was big. And uh, he's 56, by the way, not seven. Oh. But, um, Mike Merriweather. Right. Um, and that was just big because you know, you know he, he really broke out last year with 11 and a half, 12 sacks, whatever, disrupting. <clears throat> and you need the other guy on the other side, like bad hair Bud Dupree was for a while, uh, for a couple of years. It just solidifies that whole, that whole defense. So that I'm, um, I'm looking forward to seeing too. Anyway, anything other thoughts? No, I'm, uh, I, th- I think that's a good uh, wrap on uh, preseason game one of three. Crunch and munch all our Crunch and munch. And Phil's <laughs> lavish and, uh, barn. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's take a pause for the cause, and uh, we'll come back with uh, the big EK65 trade. Oh, boy. Boys, back from the break, and uh, let's break down this uh, Eric Carlson uh, 65 trade. As we, uh, oh boy, oh, that's an error. That's uh, uh, another one. Yep, yeah. Fuck. yep, man for man uh, advances to uh, third base day. One out, at least. Uh, first and third, uh, double play. Uh, so Eric Carlson trade uh, as advertised here last week on uh. Bar Dizzle. Is it Bar Dizzle exclusive. Before we uh, transition to Barn Dizzle. That's right. Uh, <laughs> Tonight. And, and we felt it was coming, but we just, I don't think we understood how wizardry, magical Mr. Uh, Doobie Doobus was going to be here. Mark Madden, uh, you know, posted in the, uh, the trib. <laughs> that like, was so uh, crazy. Funny. Uh, talking potential trades with fans. They want to swap all their team's bad players for all the other team's good players. That's basically what happened. Did you see his Twitter thing when he was ripping yeah. back at the Leafs with yeah. the, the stuff against Dubas is God. Yeah. <laughs> basically, he yeah. said, he said, F you, Leafs fans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, it's insane. We had it, though. Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, so here, here, here's what the Penguins get. There it is. Double plate. You caught it. Oh, oh, he's oh Jesus Christ. 6-5. Oh. I want to see that again. He wanted to stay. Is that uh, living the Bita Loco out there? Mm, yep. Bita? Yeah. Uh, so the, the Penguins get uh, last year's uh, Norris Trophy winner, Mr. Eric Carlson. He signed through 2027. And uh, it's a nice feed. 19. Just, no. Oh, that was close. Did Ooh. he touch? Did he touch? Yeah. I want to see where. Let's he, see uh, the replay. Uh, if he touches first base, I don't. Yeah, he got it. Yep. Yeah. Safe. Uh, and uh, they get a depth forward, uh, Rem Pitlick, a minor league forward, Dylan Hamalik, and uh, a 2026 third-round pick from the Sharks. It's a three-team trade, so the Sharks get uh, a 2024 first-round pick 
uh, top ten protected from the penguinos. Explain that protected thing. Oh uh, well, that means if 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 it were turn it would turn out to be a top ten uh, pick, the penguins would defer that trade that pick to the following year. Correct. Go ahead. Um, Mikhail Granlund with his uh, five million dollar cap hit. Thank baby Jesus. Uh, Jan Ruta with his cap hit and slow feet. <laughs> and uh, they also get Mike Hoffman from Montreal. And speaking of the Habs, they get a 2025 second round pick from the Penguinos. Jeff Petrie's going back. Uh, the Pens retain $1.56 million of his final two years. Casey DeSmith and uh, Nathan Legere, who really hasn't amounted to much here. Uh, yeah, not too, not too much. But yeah, you know, right, Jan Rude, call him what you want. He is still two times Stanley Cup champion. But there you go. To your point, though, but I, but I, you know, I think that uh, one of the things I'm most proud of about our last Saturday uh, rundown on everything, I, I want to give really big marks to, to to Scott because, you know, we we we, we both felt that it just, that, that the the stars were going to align somehow. But I think Scott really pointed out some really great stuff last Saturday. You can listen to the episode again. But your are tens of people out there. Is that we, we and both of us really, but Scott out front was. It, it would have to be a couple things. It have to be a, th- a three-team deal because the fact that we're going to have to have another suitor in there to take away some of these contracts. Like you know, the, the, the biggest one out front, you know, was Petrie and his 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 his, his money, and then yeah, Petrie you know, and Granlin. You had to split and, the difference. Granlin, right? But I mean, the, the, what it came down to was we didn't really talk about that so much. Was we did a little bit. We I should, let me go backwards. We did talk about it about the salary retention, which I thought was going to maybe be a little more on the Sharks with that 11 and a half for Carlson. But yeah. that was, and it was out, and Dubas mentioned that in his press conference that that was one of the big final sticking points, was like the reten- how much the retention was going to be. Penguins obviously wanted more, and that's probably right. where, where, where the sticking point was till it came down to 1.56, where I'm sure they wanted more like three or something, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood. But... I, I give credit to to both GMs uh, and the, the the mighty Poho there, uh, Dubas, who anointed himself the uh, GM. Yep. Maybe to, to to take credit for that too as well when doing this. But 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 it was just that they stuck to it, stuck to it, stuck to it. And once it gets down to I think in any deal, Scott and and Phil both is is it when you when you know you have the framework in place. Let, let's just sit down and get it done in a room. We already know now that we want to do this. Right. Like, we don't want to chuck all this to the weeds yeah. when we're so damn close. And good on them for being able to, to pass these things back and forth. And the Penguins did get a third rounder back. And, yeah. uh, you know, so it wasn't a complete uh, loss of every pick. And, and it, it just, when you have a generational play, this is a guy at what, uh, how old is 33? 33. That still had 100 and some points last year, uh, 108 or something like that. For a shitty team. For a lousy team. Yeah. For a lousy team. And, by the way, just, oh, by the way, won another Norris Trophy. Yeah. Right. Uh, you know, and so we, we talk about here with the Crystal Tang thing, and we'll get into that a little bit in a little bit here as well. But everybody always talking about how Crystal Tang should be a, he should, he should be a Norris Trophy winner. He's been a candidate a few times. Yeah. This man has won it three times. Right. And it's looked really good doing it. And with mm-hmm. Ottawa, was obviously very prolific. And we had that big series against them back in 16, you know, mm-hmm. when, uh, you know, that the, the, the double overtime goal by Chris Kunitz. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, just every, 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 every season in this league, this guy has been a game changer. And so I think it, it, just, it just kudos all around to them 
both sides of the, you know, both teams getting in a room, getting it done when they were that close. So go ahead, guys. I, I, Go ahead, Phil. Any comments? No, I, Phil. I, I listened to your episode uh, probably two hours after I read about the trade, and I, I honestly thought you guys had inside <laughs> information. Or I should ask you what the lottery numbers are the oh. next day because <laughs> you, you, you called it, and it was yeah. almost to the T what you guys had yeah, talked about. It really was. Um, so it was impressive. So kudos to both of you. Um, this is why I listened to Bar Dizzle for the other, you know, Two dozen listeners out there. That's yeah, right. right. <laughs> exactly. Right. Well, I think you're the guy. You know, the thing that you know, uh, Dubis knew that EK sixty five was not going back. No, he actually said that. He said yeah. he had no right. no no designs on fulfilling so, the rest of that contract in San Jose. So State. so that, you know, probably limited Greer's options of where he sure. was going to trade him. Right. Right. And you know, he also has uh, you know, the core three guys and, you know, his contract runs uh, almost parallel with uh, how long those guys are going to be here. And so you give up a first and a second and, and you get rid of all of those bad contracts. You get faster in the process. Yes. Um, I, I just, I, you know, I, I don't see a downside to it. And, and, and the only downside is, and that's why I played that clip earlier over some other goals with uh, Lemieux picking Hextall's pocket. Uh, in that 80 playoff series was that the whole uh, Jeff Carter contract it's, it's, yeah. it's still an albatross yeah. but I think he's he's dug himself out I think they've he got, played better later in the year to his credit but yeah he'll, he'll he'll be a spectator most of the season um, the, the end result is you know now they've got a, a projected roster of 13 forwards six defensemen and two goaltenders um, 82.8 million dollar cap hit according to Puckpedia that's uh, just under 700k below the salary cap limit, which has allows him to move people up and down from Wilkes-Barre during the year when there's injuries. Where remember a couple yeah. of times that yeah. uh, with previous administrations where they got yeah. pinched when they were up against the cap. Yes. So uh, when everybody's healthy, you're looking at uh, uh, Jake, Sid, Ricky, Raquel, Riley Smith, Gino, Brian Rust, Doc, Lars Eller. We've that's a that's a big one too. We can talk about yeah. that too. Uh, Noel. Uh, 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 Asieri, Akari, yeah. uh, Matt Nieto, exactly. uh, maybe Jeff Carter, mm-hmm. or this Rem Pitlick, or uh, Vinny Hinostraza. Yeah, and, and you know what? The thing is, too, right out of the gate with Jake's injury, you're going to take him into early November. They are going to get Let's a little bit. Let's just call it Thanksgiving. Of, yeah, we might as well. They're going to get a little bit of cap relief because uh, if you're going to be on a long term IR, you, you get some cap relief uh, for a guy that's on LTIR until he comes back. So that gives them, it gives them a chance to take a look-see to who they mm-hmm. want to shed some more people. Maybe they move Carter. Maybe, maybe they do some other things. But I, I'm, I'm intrigued by the Lars Eller thing because wherever he's been, he's been a really solid third-line center. The guy can, you know, he can put up numbers at that position. He's a playmaker. He's a smart, defensive, smart defensively. He's a good face-off guy. And DOC, you know, Scott and I yeah. both have been in love with him since we actually seen him you know, come into camp and 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 just and and, and just do his thing and 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 good on Doobie Doo there to to see that value too and to re up him for for a couple more years because you can see the maturation with him being able to be a solid third liner now he was you know thrown in and fourth lines different and you know this guy averaged yeah he had eleven points five and six but you know this was averaging nine minutes a game 
And yeah. you, you start getting some third line minutes with a guy like Lars Eller. I kind of like that. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not making Eller, O'Connor, and Achari out to be, you know, the, the HBK line. Okay, but at the same time, you know, you the the Eller O'Connor synergy, Scott. I think is something I'm I'm really looking forward to see yeah. in, in camp and so forth. And, and defensively, you know, you got the Graves move from New Jersey, which yep. I think is a is a really nice player and a, a, a size guy and a speed guy. And 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 you you broke down the uh, the defensive pairing no, potential. I mean, so yeah, I just want to jump in yeah, there. Yeah, sure, so, go ahead. So uh, you guys know more about hockey than I'll ever forget. Um, but my take on hockey is you win cups with third line because you can't keep your first and second line out there all the time, yeah. and that's what really excites me about everything the Penguins have done is that third line gets them in the position to give the first and second line the break that they need yep. to come back out. Absolutely. So yep. that, that's yeah, all absolutely. I want to throw in there. I mean, no, you, you guys are, ho- are, are the hockey geniuses, but that third line is exciting right now. Well, absolutely. And I, I think that we, Scott and I talked about kind of off air, I think, and maybe even on air last episode about I'm interested to see a couple guys, uh, Pustinen and, and also uh, Alex Nylander, who came on and I think oh, yeah. played and acquitted himself very well. And one of those can get slotted in here on the fourth or third, too, depending on what happens with – some of these guys they got on the getbacks on these trades, th- th- those those guys I think are ready for prime time, and I, I, yeah. I, think, I think that they they need to get a real shot. And I think one or one or both of them, or at least one of them, you know, may come out of camp and and, and may make this team. And 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 I think that gives them to, to uh, Phil's point is that that third line is is, is essential because you you don't want to just be a third line that. Uh, you know, it's just out there to eat a few minutes while the first and second line gets rested. They, they have to, they have to do a little bit of damage, and I think the Eller O'Connor thing is really something I really want to pay attention to, because uh, I think that they can be, uh, they they can really add in. And I think if you give DOC some some more minutes than nine, you know, an average in the course of a of a game as your as your Pirates uh, lost the second game of the Twin Bill uh, to your Red Legs uh, six to five. But yeah, and, and and the defensive pairings will. I mean, I think we'll see how that shakes up. But I think Scott has it right here with you know Graves, Latang, Pedersen, Carlson, uh, Pio Joseph, either Ruido or, or or somebody else that's been been, been coming up here. But uh, you know, we'll see when 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 camp breaks. But obviously, Scott, I'll throw it to you here. Is that obviously the power play is going to be the big thing? Are you are you yeah. going to keep both Tanger? And EK sixty five on on the number one, or you split the have a first and second unit. Which My guess is 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 they're they're both on the number one. I agree, and uh, you know they're they're going to roll a minute twenty minute twenty five. Yeah, and I think maybe even Latang drops down to like the, the the slot position and stuff like that, and let and let and and, and EK be more more quarterbacky and being being up at the at the top with either Gino or whatever. Yeah, I mean so. we'll see. I I I, th- I think they'll probably. Uh, actually try that more more traditionally but yeah sure I mean, we'll see i, I maybe just, I, I i think with the amount of uh uh minutes that both uh latang and carlson are going to eat um I, I i think that'll improve both po and chad yeah because uh especially chad you know he he looks good when he's doing the the six to nine yeah, sure. When he, when he gets yep. outside of that, yeah, yeah, it's where he starts to get a little, little uh, crusty, crusty. Little yeah, I mean, yep. And can, I think that uh, you know both uh, Latang and Carlson are both human breakout passes. So yeah, I absolutely. think that just you know that just 
helps, you know, whether it's the first, second, or third line that they're going to, you know, get get that quick out and uh, get it up and out and uh, in deep or, or, or get, you know, into the, the set, set offense uh, as, as quickly as possible. I think to me that's, you know, it, it even goes back to Dan Balsmo, right? And, and, and Sullivan has the same theory, right? If, if you have the puck, the other team can't score. Um, and I think that that possession now, you know, that stretch pass got figured out real quick after yep. that first cup in, in 2009. Yeah. Um, I think they fell way too in love with that. But outside of that, I think these guys, you know, have all, have all the tools. A little bit older, but um, I, I think all all things uh, considered, I don't I don't see how you could have, you know, come out of this uh, free agency period any better. Yeah, and I think, look, uh, I'm sure people will ask, and Scott, both him and I playing the sport for a lot of years in our life, but um, when, you, when, you're, when you have two prolific uh, offensive defensemen um, as, as Tanger and, and, and uh, Carlson, you, you need people to also get them the puck, and I think that uh, uh, Petey, Marcus Peterson, I think it's a, it's a good choice to maybe have him with Carlson because he's – gotten better in his career he's got the length and reach he's starting to employ some physical things but he also can get he also can get the puck up to people and i think if you if you if you, if you now let him lay back and do what he needs to do get the get the puck to carlson on, on breakout passes because this is a guy carlson that is such a game changer that he can not only go coast to coast with the mm-hmm. puck but you know if you if you hit him in stride you know he can he can you know penetrate the the, the the defense in in such a way that oh my god he's coming to the net and then he dishes it off to somebody uh, rusty or somebody yeah. like that for a finisher he's he's that prolific at, at that and all you just need to do is get him the puck in space yeah they just need to have somebody get him the puck in space and i, th- I think that's what, what fans are going to see when they see this guy he's not just a a hogger of the puck skating around with it you know he just mm-hmm. he moves in space so well that's why you got that's why he got 100 points as a 33-year-old yeah. defenseman <laughs> on a you know, shitty team. On a very, very crappy team. So I, I just think anytime you got – and I think, Scott, you mentioned it. I, I want to I come back to what you said. The other thing about this deal is that, you know, I think it was very good that Dubas contacted Latang and said, listen, this we're about ready to do this. I'm not looking for your stamp of approval, right. but, I also, <laughs> but I also want to let you know that this is about to go down. Yeah. How do you feel? And He's like, yeah, let's let's do it, you know, because Scott, I think, mentioned on on the show last week that he said, you know, this window of opportunity for this rest of this core core players on this team, Dumlin now aside, you yeah. can shoot a BB through the thing. Right. You're lucky to get a BB through that 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 door. What I was to say is this so, grease. Uh, yeah. is, is this Fenway groups? They're 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 putting this together. This is the cards are this is the last chance this is it this is the year if it doesn't happen this year it's not happening yeah for this core group and that's what it that's what it's all in it feels like that's the way that everything went down in the offseason but it also feels like the cards are in our hands at this point yeah Mm -hmm. yeah like they they played the cards well it was uh it was uh, um the the silver fox you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them. Kenny and, Rogers, yeah, right. yeah, Kenny Rogers, and and great chicken like, by the way. I feel, I feel <laughs> that like they played it perfectly to give one last chance to that core group. Yeah, and the last component of this, and I'm sure Scott will agree here, is this. You know, the, obviously the the, the re upping of of, of of Kate of uh, Tristan Jari. Yeah, like you know, if he's finally figured out what's what they everybody says, 
in the organization that the injury thing and he's got that behind him and he's got things and he's he's if if he's the the couple time all star and 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 the 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 prolific win totals that he had are are not you can't i mean people kind of poo poo that like it's nothing i mean he, he he's in, in the top five in, in wins in the entire league over the last three four years um so if he is ends up being that guy again and stays on the damn ice and really shows that he's the guy yep. that's the other thing that's gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna get to it without him yep. yeah. like if yeah. something else happens to him physically and they have to start scrambling because you lost Casey to Smith now right and I'm not I'm not putting Casey to Smith as the guy who's gonna take you the cup but you know they, they now are gonna have to bring in somebody outside and they already have cap problems it's gonna have to be Somebody else from Wilkes or somebody else. They got like the four other guys to pick from. Well, they do have a lot, but I'm saying do we, do we have comes, a Peter, do we have a Peter Angelo to, to come in? Like well, that's, well, that's what you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, well, there's right? a couple guys, but but even him, he he was only a stopgap while Barrasso was hurt, so it, he wasn't. Gonna, but he was a hell of a stopgap. No, he gap. was, but but he's also <laughs> not going to take you game after game to the cup. No. So so I mean, he th- those guys are going to be people that you want to have to play twenty some games or something a it, year, or exactly. whatever it might be. And then if it's an injury, then you can come in and fill in things for a game here and there. But you're never going to expect them to be the guy to take you to all the way. 100%. So, so, so Tristan has to be – he's the final real component. I mean, everything starts – and you know, everything goes from the goaltender out to begin with. So that's the other thing. If he's that guy this year, then that gives them a shot at making a run. So that, that's, without him, they won't because they'll have to dip into Wilkes or dip into yeah. somewhere else to try to – if he gets hurt again and it's like, oh, my God, you throw your hands up, here we go again, yeah. and that's not going to work uh, EK65 or not. Right. Yep. So. Nope, I agree. So let's, uh, let's round it out and uh, come back with Bucks and Baseball. near the home stretch here let's uh round out uh run, run around the bases here a little bit and uh boxing baseball not the result we wanted on the uh the double header today but uh i think things are still pointed north um dave and i talked right. off mike a little bit they're a uh, actually they're probably 500 again now yeah yep i think so yeah uh for the last month so which which is light years ahead of that uh precipitous fall that they were on after april um, you know, a couple couple guys heating up. The whole team's heating up, but you know, uh, Cabrian Hayes was just on a massive tear. Yeah, Reynolds is yep. still on a tear. Yeah, um, you know, they had that split with the Braves and Brewers. You know, some other guys coming up. You know, the uh, Leo Vera Pigura. What, what did you li- live in love in Lavero? You, you texted me the one night. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I said like live in Leo Vera li- uh, yeah. Loca. Like the, yeah, the, yeah, the guys from the, <clears throat> the from uh, uh, Coldplay once uh, laid down there. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, you know, I think o- overall they've been a little easier to watch as yeah, of late. Absolutely, yeah, and uh, and I think it's uh, the two guys you mentioned. I think that's no small shakes because it being, if they're going to do anything, yep. it, you know, going forward, uh, that that those two guys, Key and, and B Ray, you know, they have to be a big part of it. I mean, those are your run producers, your your defensive players, as we saw that great catch by Reynolds and sliding into the left field corner tonight, and also his his home home runs his here bat, recently, yeah. just his like nine sixty seven OPS over the past several several games, and and you know 
uh, 10, 12 RBIs uh, in that stretch. That's that's what that's what they're going to need. Not just because of the contracts they signed, but just because right. that, that's that, that's why the investment was made because they're going to be a part of this this core group if they're going to return to this resurgence, this twenty thirteen through fifteen type of scenario here coming uh, coming up. And and and, and you know, they, to, to be fair, they've had. Had some injuries and and some things that happened, and I, I think I mentioned last show. You know, we haven't had the tall stop all year. Yeah. And the other part, the other one that I forgot to mention when we were talking about, because you had mentioned, yeah, well, we'll see about what that would have really made an impact. But there's another guy was was J T. Brubaker who was really tracking to really look like he was going to be a Brubaker of a couple of years ago. Yeah. He gets shut down. I saw him actually when I was in Florida, and he was looking like going to be a big part of this rotation, and he's out. So they immediately had to start backpedaling and. And, and looking into guys like Oviedo, who well, I still think has a, a good upside. No, I think he has a great upside. I mean, he had uh, outside of his last start, he had three really, three really good yes. starts prior to that. Yeah. And but that that would have either if, if you could call out Dave, if you have JT Brubaker, that either puts Oviedo in the pen or he yep. starts out in Triple A as a starter. Correct. And yeah, right. And that could make that could make a difference. And and uh, but there, you know, they're obviously there there are guys coming. The the disappointment. You know, hopefully it's a temporary disappointment. It was it was the fall off of Ronzi Contreras, and you know he had to be first initially put into the bullpen and see if he could figure things out there. He didn't really that much uh, outside of a, a couple outings where he looked all right, and you know sent back all the way back in the organization to to kind of kind of re- refocus and everything like that. But still, think he has you know, too much talent to not to not be something. But they immediately had to start throwing guys in like even like Beto, you know he, he's he's done pretty well himself like coming in there and then being a stopgap and playing the whack-a-mole game by, by putting his finger in the hole and yeah and and things so it's as much as it can be expected but look you know going forward with the eighth and ninth with you know uh you know with holderman and with bednar i think they're you know they're both they're, they're both under player con- uh, team control for several years bednar only being starting his his arbitration Years and the same thing with, yeah, Holderman. You get the eighth and ninth, hopefully locked up, and you th- you throw some people in the in the middle of there. And they've had this Perdomo, who I think has been tremendous. I mean, he's he's come in and, and pitch well. So, so th- I mean, they're uh, the, over the past uh, thirty days almost. You're seeing that they're, they've righted the the pirate ship a little bit to where you know <laughs> they're actually playing some solid ball, and they and they brought back some people in this trade, like the first baseman that they got. Uh, help me out, Rivas. Rivas, yeah, who's, Rivas. Who's, who's done well, and you know, and and Josh out there in the outfield, and so they, they've got they've got they've got some got, they've got some things, but I'll just throw this out because I think it's the elephant in the room I want to throw out, and I, I made a personal note to myself. But Scott and I talked about it last week. I know you listened to the episode, Phil, but you know, to me, twenty twenty four. Uh, Mr. Nutting and the Pirates and, and BC and, and, and that whole group. Next year to me is the Jesus Jones year. Right here, right now. I mean, I mean, like, you know, that song about Jesus. I mean, because I'm tired of the whole coming into this payroll or, or coming into the year with this, you know, this payroll that's in the bottom four or five. If you really are serious about, you know, you, and these are the GMBC's words. We're going to compete right now. We will win right, right now. Win yeah. right now. He said yeah. it like four times in one of his press conferences yeah. he had, or one of his radio right. shows. So if that's that's your statement that came out of your lips, then you two need to get together, you and Mr. Nutting and whoever else is involved in this payroll scenario. <clears throat> you need to come out, and you need to get some starting pitching. 
and you need to pay for it, and you need to get a, a 10, 12 win a pitcher, a couple of them, well, and show a, the fans that you're actually committing. It's a minimum of $100 million. Yes, minimum. Minimum. Um, you talked about starting pitching. Interesting stat that uh, came out looking at today. Mitch Keller, through the first three months of the season, so April, May, June, his off-speed pitch, um, 374. Since July, it's 700. Yeah. As far so, as that number being what for everybody? That's batting average. Yeah, yeah. Batting, bat- batting average, right? So th- this is how everybody else is hitting his pitches. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Scott and I talked about this off-air uh, when we were done mountain biking one time, is the coaching staff. Yeah. So when you go from, I can take my pitches to being hit a third of the time, to being hit over two-thirds of the time. The guy can't throw a fastball every time. But that's not what they're asking of him. They called a changeup today, a uh, 92-mile-an-hour changeup, after he threw a 92-mile-an-hour four-seam fastball. Yeah. Your changeup can't be the same speed as your fastball. That's right. So, yeah. back By, by back. definition. Right, by <laughs> definition. So, back to you guys. How much of that payroll needs to go into the coaching staff to really have that play next year? That's a great question. I think <clears throat> I've lost a lot of faith in Sheltie this year. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily be 100% against him coming back next year, but I, I, I think his... They just re-upped him. Pitching, well, right, but <laughs> I think his pitching coach and his hitting coach got to go. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I mean, the 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 Oscar Marine, and then you know, of course, the the other the other guy that's involved in this, and and, and I was was telling uh, Phil before we started here tonight that they did have this sit down, like you know, Corleone style, you know, about uh, you know, with with um, the pitching coach uh, Oscar Marine and 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 uh, the strategy coach Radley had that to hopefully diagnose and solve some of the problems with. Keller that you you brought out there and I just think that when you go and, and Scott just said it well, not flippantly but he just kind of said it casually about <clears throat> if you have such a, a big disparity in his first 10 games and then the next nine when he's like basically seven and two an all-star you know and, and you have such a, a a bad turnabout that where is the, where is the coaching I mean how are they not breaking this down and I guess just recently as much as we said it again, whether we're it's suggestive things by us, it just happens to come come to bear. But but they apparently had this come to Jesus moment. All three of them, you know, the strategy coach, the pitching coach, and Keller about. And one of the things they talked about was his his uh, his cutter that he throws about. He's just not committing to the speed of it. He's yeah. just kind of letting it float in and or just just not <clears throat> throwing it hard enough. And then when one of them said like, "Hey." Um, they asked, like, what are you doing with this pitch? And he's like, well, he got the feedback and he's on his cutter, and he said, I was trying to break somebody's bat and get it on their hands. So, well, okay, well then, then throw it hard then if you're going to do that. Because <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you're trying to break a guy's bat, it can't be, it can't be fizzling out at the yeah, end yeah. where they're yanking it into the gap. Because, I mean, so many times, it was like the, it's not just like the runs and the, and the earned runs. It, it was the hard-hit balls, like the – like if you look over his first nine, ten games, whatever. I mean, it, it was it was just soft contact. It right. wasn't the strikeouts were incredible. For, for a lot of times, they weren't even making contact. 
But even when they did, it was like he was flirting one hitters, two hitters. Yeah. You know, the walk to strikeout ratio was, was crazily in his favor. And now you're talking about like batting practice-ish looking stuff. So how do we go from that? Because sometimes a guy will struggle for a couple games and get back together, struggle again for a game, and then he goes back to it. This was like a complete fall off the cliff. Yeah. And that's yeah. coaching. I'm sorry. But right. It's like we talk about the, that mediocre, uh, blase manager the Pirates had back in the day, John Russell. Yeah. You know, who was like the most boring person in the world. Uh, him be like, <laughs> talk to the guy for five minutes, you'll be out. If you're, like, if you're an insomniac out there, call John Russell up. <laughs> but but he, his point was, I'll just finish one thing, is he always used to say, and I kind of agree, if you've seen it before. Jim Tracy. It's in the, Jim Tracy. Jim sorry, Tracy. what did I say? Russell? John yeah. Russell? Jim Tracy. If you've seen it before, it's in there. Yeah. So how are you guys not coaching that back up? It's like with any good basketball player yeah. or whatever, when the guys on him's like, hey, You've been shooting the lights out. What, what are you doing different? What, let's go back over the tapes. Let's see what you're doing. And I guess they're finally doing it, but I just... It's David's just, confidence. He's, he's dating a six. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> All right, there. Yeah, with with, with the starting pitchers, um, another stat um, pulled together today. Keller was the first guy, uh, first starting pitcher to pitch six innings in the last, I think it was 16 games. Yeah, he was so, way I mean, up there. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's yeah. weeks ago. Yeah, that's Start, right. Not too starting late. pitcher. You, it wasn't got, a year ago. You got to pitch, <laughs> but you got to pitch six innings. Yeah. So, well, that's like, what, uh, it, it comes down to the cap. You guys talked about it last. You got to get that. You got to get a starting pitcher crew because you, if you if you're going to your bullpen in the fifth. Well, right. The point I was going to make, Phil, is in, in one of the things that we saw Oviedo. He he struggled the other day in that nine two was it nine two loss on Friday. Yeah. But he got to the fifth. So, yeah. you know that that. That gave him a shot for the weekend with the bullpen. Yes. If he could just come out and somebody say, hey, you know, the game starts at 7.05. Yeah. Because, like, he, he has these problems in the game you yeah. guys went to. Yeah. You know, he held him in there, held him in. I think right. it was against the Mets or whatever what game you were at. I can't remember who it was. It might, or it might have been. Uh, yeah, he gave up, like, two or three in the first inning. And then he and just then he settled held, right yeah. down. And they had a chance. Yeah. They got a sacrifice fly that somebody couldn't, couldn't, couldn't execute. I think it was uh, Rodolfo Castro when right. he was still here. <clears throat> a sack fly with, like, a bases loaded and, and one out or something. Or it could have been even more damaged, but 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 he's he's so. What I like about him is he's. We always kind of always talking. You hear it on the podcast. Bulldog mentality, being the bull. And this guy is when he when he gets it back together, man, he's prolific. I mean, he doesn't just yeah. stay the course. He gives them like six, seven solid innings, like after maybe giving up two or three. But you got to get but, the first but inning you, in. But you got to get the, <laughs> you got to get that in. It would be nice too. And. and you know, but I mean, I think he, I think he can very, very easily be, be part that of the future. That was back when they were averaging uh, one runner or less, though, too. So. Well, that's well, that's true too. And that, so that, that was hurting things. That's yep. true too. I mean, it's, it's hard to be, try to be that that fine when you know the team is struggling with the finest frogs here uh, with, with with the bat. That's that, that's the truth. So, but I, but I know, think but. in the last month, what you've seen is that they they've they've been on this line where every game could go either way. Like there, yeah. there's, it, it's not like we're below the 40 feet of shit as you guys talked about yeah. like we're we're at the top of that and yeah. it's ready to break through yeah that and that's fr- what that, you see the last the last month yes that friday game was kind of more of an outlier getting kind yeah. of buried yeah. like that but they, <laughs> but they haven't had those games where they've been just run out of the building <clears throat> right i mean there was that one 14 to 1 thing a few weeks ago whatever but if you look at the last 30 days you know they've they've been they've been right in it and a lot of it goes back to what i was saying i mean key and 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 b ray raking that really helps because that's just such a big part of your lineup, and they have to do that. That's what they get paid the big bucks for. 
So, I mean, and that, that's really helped them. And, and guys like coming in, like Piguero, I think, has got a great upside. And you still have... Well, uh, imagine what Henry's going to do next year. Yeah. I mean, and whenever they get him in, I think that obviously uh, uh, Andy Rodriguez is going to be the catcher. And, 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 and I, hope, I hope that we're going to have both of those guys. I'd just like to see, I'd just like to see Henry catch some. Yeah, right. Could, I mean, are, are you going to go immediately all Neil Walker and say he's not a catcher anymore? I'm gonna, I don't know. I'm guessing that's what they're doing. I think I'd almost, but then he, then it has to be right fielder. You got to have his arm in play. He's got he's got so, an, yeah he's got an eighty arm so definitely yeah he, so he's, he's eighty great arm so, so it, it makes no sense yeah. for any other position than right yeah and and I, you mentioned uh, Leo Vera again and you know remember he he was part of that trade return from Marte yeah. Right. Exactly. Right. And yeah. uh, mm-hmm. I did a little other digging on that Austin Hedges trade because last week I was I was kind of making fun of it, but they got they got a significant chunk of the Rangers internationals, so they got like seven, over seven hundred k. Yeah, I didn't realize it was that so much. Yeah, either, I, that's so you put their, that in there. They're 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 a couple hundred, three hundred k that they've got. They have yeah. over a million dollars in international yeah. signing pool yeah, money. That is kind of big. So that's significant. Yep. So they they could go out and 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 and. It's yeah, not pick, just sixteen pick, pick year old. Yeah. <laughs> pick the litter of the crop. Right. Yeah, no, that's a good point. I mean and, and, and because, you know, Phil, that that pool money is kind of big because if, if you increase it then um the academy they have in the Dominican, yeah. They have they have people that develop you get there. there, you move them in, you move them up. Yes. Um but when when you have that if you have more to, to that, offer that's that's almost the same advantage. That's that's like them in the international pool being the the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yeah, because like like Phil, the way what he what he's trying to lay out there too is when you when these guys, when their development coaches and there's people down there are going into these families, living rooms, yeah. and going, hey, we now have a bigger pool of money. We we would like to invest five hundred thousand dollars in your kid right now. Oh yeah, at sixteen years old, and they're living in a you know dirt, dirt shack, and yeah. you know they're he's he's playing. With fungo bats and hitting oranges, you know, whatever, and, and playing in right. playing in a league, but it's only more, the, it's more than just four Twinkies for uh, Austin Hedges. That's right, yeah. right. And that's that's like I think that's where Scott's point is. Yeah. It's, it wasn't like a bag of a bag the, the of bag balls. of wet balls, yeah. right? There's some fungo bats and, and scenarios. So yeah, the, good on them for doing that. Yeah, the other thing that I wanted to point out sure. is the other thing we saw too was uh, our, uh, our our one one first overall Skeen. pick, Mr. Paul Skeens. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a one inning, but he was dominant. Yeah, and it was it wasn't the instructional, but it's still a professional. Yeah, professional start, and he's apparently going to make another one in like Low A Bradenton, possibly before the end of the yeah thing, or the or the Florida Instructional League. No, um, I think he'll be a higher. Yeah, it I might think be higher. higher. I, I I mean, I think there's an outside chance that he could come out of camp next year. Yeah, there um, is. I mean, and and if and if Ben Charrington, as you point out, is about now. Yeah, then we don't worry about his super two Jesus status Jones. next year. Jesus Jones. You don't, you don't worry about his Super 2 status next year. That's correct. And if he's good enough to come up north with the club, I suspect that he, he won't. He would probably come up around May. Yeah, and if you, you, have, you have him and, and, and then a, you know, a retool. So you're, you're telling him to come up to next MLB year. Oh, yeah. next yes. year he, in May. There's, there's, he's there's, a legit college pitcher. He's, what, 22 years old? Something like that, right? He's 23. You, he's 23, might be 24. Yeah. You wouldn't play him a year in Indy? Not if he's got the stuff. Not if it's not not if next year is Jesus Jones. That's Ben Charrington's words right here, right now. That's what he said. Yeah. So, right. I mean, you know, you so. guys heard it first on Bar Dizzle. Well, not first here. <laughs> you, 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 I'm I'm repeating other things that I've heard from people quoting scouts that he's mm-hmm. he's major league ready right now. That that, yeah. that was 
that was the reason he, they took him one yeah. one over uh, who was the Dylan Cruz. Yeah, exactly. uh, the, 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 the outfielder. Yeah, the yeah. The, the, the Mike Trout, big, big hitter. Yeah, next Mike Trout or whatever. Big hitter that llama. Yeah. No, no. The other, the other, the, Phil. What we're trying to say is the the guy from the Nationals who came up had his debut against us. Strasburg. That, yeah, that's that's what they're looking at this guy being is is being being Steven Strasburg, and he came up like that. He didn't have much time down there. He came right up and he pitched against us. And after spending very little time in in, in, in their instructional league, and this is a guy that's mature. He's a leader. He's got a big arm. Big he, frame. He's, he's got a big like six, frame. Seven, right? He is a badass. And there, and so what they're th- saying is, listen, I look, I hope it, so. It I just part of the solution based on the last so. twenty some years of the the Pirates, right? Yeah. It's okay. We got this guy, and and we're gonna watch him for a couple of years in Altoona and Indy, and then he's gonna come up. Well, yeah. I mean, so, if that's so the case, I then you don't draft him first. first. Yeah, then you don't go one one then. So I mean, so I hope uh, yeah. I hope I hope yeah. that it. We do see him in May. Yeah, because he's a kind of a. Because I will be in the uh, Azul Lounge in the VIP seats with Mr. Pater, <laughs> and we'll be watching his breakout game, just like we did uh, Henry Davis. Oh, right, oh, and again, right. again, I think that to Scott's point is, this is a special one-one that you committed to, who is a accomplished. This is not a kid coming out of high school. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is an accomplished, you know, a national champion. Yeah, yeah. Who's done the things that he's done with that frame, with that leadership, with that kind of, uh, we always like to say bulldog, but yeah. the kind of thing that they're looking for is somebody to take a leadership role and yep, be yep. And, and be an upper, upper uh, echelon pitcher in this league and maybe middle rotation when he first comes up or maybe – who knows? But and maybe, their idea was that they have grand scheme. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that in, that directs in them in, into what veteran pitcher they they sign in free right. agency or even trade for. Right. Because they've 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 now got some some chips to put in the game. Yeah. And, and you know maybe they go out and get that AJ Burnett type guy that can help mold this kid. Yeah. And, and that's and, what we talked about before. Uh, yep. you know, I'm sure you've listened to it. It's, Scott always pointed it out. Is it now that we've amassed these these out these um, assets? Not everybody's going to play shortstop for this team. They have like forty-seven right. shortstops. So I mean, they, I mean, at some point, what I think Scott's point is, if part of this deal to bring in these pitchers that are ten-win, twelve-win yeah. guys or more, we're going to have to give up something. Now we have something to give up because these guys are pretty damn. good. It could be a Tupacita Marcano. It could no. be you know whatever. He's I'd rather showing. I'd rather give up cash, but hey. Well, yeah. but I mean, if need if need be, if they're if they're doing their Jesus Jones thing yeah. next year, right here, right now. That if if it need be to bring it, and, we, and both of us talked about last episode, we're not talking about, you know, uh, the two, Verlander or Scherzer. We're, we're talking about guys, maybe, done, and those guys are almost kind of on their way out a little bit. But somebody that's in that ilk, but maybe a level down, but can give you double digit wins, maybe deep into double digit wins. Rich Rich Hill plus plus. So so you might have to give up some of those assets. Is all we're saying. So I have a special question from uh, maybe not your youngest fan, but one of your young fans, Noah. Oh. He asked Friday before he left, and he wanted to ask. Um, let me pull it up. Okay, he's going. So to we're getting double question tonight. Yeah. About so double jeopardy. I know. So sixteen-year-old Noah, what was the impact of O'Neill Cruz being injured early in the season to the rest of the season? Well, I'll answer that first because I know where Scott's going to go with it probably. But I, I think it was biggest because of the fact that 
you're looking at potentially a 30 home run guy mm-hmm. in the middle of your lineup. That arm he has, the, the way that turn the double plays with the arm, turning balls into like the six five hole that would probably be infield base hits into outs because of that arm yeah, that he has. Yeah. Okay. The freakish kind of nature of what he can do. He was just scratching the surface of that. His running ability, his speed, stolen base, but then I think there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. Now that's not everything. That, that I think I think where Scott's gonna probably go, I'm not gonna put words in his mouth, but that that wouldn't necessarily turn us into a playoff team. And I don't think so. Yeah. But I think it's kind of impactful because of the freakish nature of, of, of what he could possibly bring to this team from a home run RBI standpoint and the putouts and the and the defense, which you would think he'd only probably get better. Right. So I think it's impactful. Dram- I, dramatically impactful? I don't know, but it's impactful. And and being Noah's and dad, the Brubaker thing. Being Noah's dad, I know that his question is around the mentality. How did it sure. mentally impact the team? Well, it, yeah, I'm sure yeah. it was very devastating for, for I a think while. That, I, I think, though, that they had some guys come in and be, be a, a facsimile, uh, a deluded. Replaced them in the aggregate? Yeah, they replaced them in the aggregate. Good, good, yeah, good but call you, can't, out. you can't replace that uh, throw from shortstop to first base no, in the you, aggregate. You, 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 you can't, <laughs> but you know they, that goes back to... That might be because this team's just not good enough that that's not impacting enough games right now that, that, that is the difference. I think the biggest impact is on his development and growth. Yes. Being mm-hmm. able to yeah. see another 600 at-bats. Yeah. Be able to, yep. to, to turn those double plays. Yes. To um, turn those double plays with his new teammates because yes. we've, we've acquired some people. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, you know, he's he's definitely a... a, 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 a High positive, uh, down the road war guy. Yeah, but in, in, in the grand scheme of things, I think, I, I think it hurt his develop, development more than it, it impacted the team because they went twenty and eight without him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for a month, smaller sample size, but <laughs> but, but they yeah. did. Um, and and the question becomes, you know, where. Where do they turn? And, and, you know, as Dave said, you know, they got 14 other shortstops. You know, maybe if he's here and, and, and they're, you know, five or ten ga- games ahead of, of where they were or, or just didn't have that precipitous fall, maybe they, they deal somebody for, for something this year. Hard, hard to say. But I, I think the biggest impact is, is his growth because he, he, he's a, you know, hockey stick trajectory guy. Yeah. And he just, mm-hmm. he just didn't get the – you know the at bats that that he needs. Yeah, and we'll never know, like really, like to, to answer to Noah to answer your question a, a little bit deeper. Is it we'll never really know because, like, what is the rapper? If you don't know, now you know. I mean, but but yeah, you, you can't you, you can't know and you don't know. So so, <laughs> but but I think to Scott's point, I, th- I th- and this is where I kind of agree with Scott is that if if this was something where we're bearing down. Uh, to a possible wild card team, yeah, and obviously yeah. the whole year that it's looked like it's a wild card team, but we're kind of filling in that shortstop position and the, replacing the aggregate like we talked about. It would have been more impactful from a team standpoint if we were right there, ready to win yeah. and get to it. Yeah, you know. But to, to Scott's point is that yeah, it sucked, but more to his development because. Were we really ready? Scott always talks about this kind of a punt year anyway, that we really weren't going to be butting up against a, you know, a 10, 12, 15 game under over 500 team anyway. 
So to say it's that it's not like we're Mike, uh, like Aaron Judge is out right, of the right. lineup or something like that for the Yankee team. So it, it was more his development. We would like to see where this could really go. So we're like next year going, hey, see, this guy had 30 bombs. He drove in 84. He had uh, he's like one of the top put out guys at Shores. Imagine what that's going to be when we win next year. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that, I think, is the biggest stunning thing. Not yeah. like it's it made some big difference on where the team was going to go this year. Yeah. We from know an we're... overall standpoint. Noah appreciates the answer from you guys. Yeah, yeah no. <laughs> uh, super I hope that Noah. answers the question, Noah. I mean, no, it does. I, I'm, I'm sure it does. He'll so. tell you on Monday. Okay. Will <laughs> <laughs> be a test, on, a quiz on Monday? Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's, that. let's, uh, take, a, uh, let's take a pause, and we'll come back with uh, another roundup. listener question. Inside oh, the right. Random roundup. Three R's. All right, boys, round and third, heading home here uh, into the random roundup rump. And, Dave, let's start off with uh, another super fan, super fan Jeremy, had a question, emailed in, texted in. I sent it over to you, and and, and you did a a very studious response. He's like, no, 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 I want a response on air. Oh, yeah, I just was putting notes in so I knew what I was talking about. Sometimes I'll just start to conjure up things and it doesn't work right. So let's roll through this, and I've got some input, but you're you're the tennis honk, as you say. Yeah. is Novak Djokovic the greatest male tennis player of all times because of sheer number of grand slams, or is it somebody else? He calls out Federer, Nadal, Borg, other, and a couple question marks. Yeah, I mean, I I, I say yes, and I and I'll tell I'll tell you why. There's a lot of there's Ooh. a lot of data that I have Ooh. in here. Even though as the Pater pool was once again navigated over there, Jeremy witnessed. Gonna, you're gonna you're gonna have to. We have witnesses. You're just gonna have to relent. And here's the thing. Understand. He's, he's seen me, you know, crack open a few. <laughs> right. So it's not like <laughs> one new, or two. A new thing yeah. for him. <laughs> and and it's on a mic, so you know, it's of course it's going to be modulated yeah. some. But I mean, but yeah, this is not a post a post thing that we add in for dramatic effects. So you're, in fact, we might we gonna, might have to sell that. You're going to have to get a commercial company. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's its own yeah. soundbite. You're like yeah. a human soundbite. <laughs> but um, okay, so on to you, Jeremy. I'll, I'll say this why, and I'll, I'll tell you why it, that I I say that it's it's uh, it, it's it's a uh, joker. And here's why. So <clears throat> it, there's a lot of things. Okay, but the, the 23 majors is one thing. That's obviously out front. He's number one. That, but. 389 weeks as the world number one in 12 different years. And, and nobody's really close to that, okay? So if you're, if you're compiling things, let's start with that. And he, he won all four majors at least three times and holding them actually being the reigning champ in, of all of them in the same season four times. And here's the other thing. There's a lot of other events on, on the ATP Tour, right. which is Masters 1,000 events. Now, those mean you get 1,000 uh, points there and... There are turn of tournaments that are basically like mini majors that, that lead up to the majors like Rome, Berlin, Monte Carlo, Madrid, et cetera, that all lead up to like the French and in North America. The, uh, they're, they're, they're all vying for the fifth major. Right. And like Cincinnati is, is which I'm going to be at next week, by the way. I'm going to go see some, some matches next week, Friday and Saturday. Um, and in North America, Cincinnati is considered kind of like the, the, the fifth major, like the players championship in golf. Yeah. I mean it's yeah. it's a big deal. It's like a mini mini US Open there. And and he's won all of those. I mean, a couple of times. And 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 we're talking about a lot of uh, points at stake and a lot of, of money paid out. And as far as the other two goat candidates we talk about mm-hmm. and and they're the biggest ones that people will 
make a case for. 14 of Rafa's 22 majors were at the French. So that's, that's, that's a little skewed to one surface. I mean, they're talking about, mm-hmm. you know, only eight other majors of his career were, were on other surfaces like the U.S. Open and, and, and Australia. Um, so, and, and Federer has eight on grass. Now, that, I mean, he spread his titles around a little bit better. He's, he's won a good share of Masters 1000 events. And he's won a couple of U.S. Opens, and he's won French. And, but, you know, so, and here's the other thing. is 10 of Joker's 23 are out there Australian, and that's mm, obviously, that's, mm. that's, that, that's no, up there yeah. too. Yeah. But he's the only dude that's won all the majors at least three times, and he's won 67 major events, including all the Masters 1000s I just talked about. Right. And he's also a six-time winner of the year-end ATP finals, which a lot of people don't know about, but that's at the very end, which is basically like an all-star event like the FedEx Cup playoffs in right. golf. He's won that six freaking times. Now, I mean, that's a, that's a lot of data, but if you just look at it for, for all of that, in my opinion, he is. And, and I, like I said, I, my, my last comment that I made to myself, as a person, I mean, the guy could be a real douche. Right. I mean, like, you know, I think he's sort of two-faced like Phil Mickelson can be sometimes where he's <laughs> slapping guys coming down the ropes, but then he's being a, 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 you know, a D-bag to other people. But it's just the way at 30, people understand, at 36 years old, okay, at 36 years old, the last championship at the French, oh, he lost in Wimbledon, but at the championship at the French, he's facing a 19-year-old kid uh, Carlos Alcaraz, who's probably going to be right up there in these major categories of without injury, whatever, and and he outlasts him. And Carlos Alcaraz is the one that's dealing with problems with the heat and cramping and yeah. stuff. And this is a 36 year old man that knows Not every single in. thing that yeah. he puts into his body is is he's completely dialed in with. Yeah. And at, at, as a tennis player myself, I'm just telling you to be able to do that with some of these up and coming kids, the Yannick Sinners and. And the, and the Taylor Fritzes in the USA and all these other people that are really coming up, it's really hard to maintain that level of, of greatness. And you see, like, Rafa, what's one of the problems that he's had, he could be really considered the guy, too. But he's had so many injuries because his game is so violent. I mean, he's, he's, he's like, balls out on every single shot, yeah. and it's caused him a foot, a hip, a leg, and whatever, because he just... He, he just but, you know, um, Joker is just so technically sound, yeah. and he... He, he just finds ways to come back at you even if he's down. I mean, again, I, I just think on the basis of all of those numbers that I say, because I see all of that because I watch all of these tournaments, right. that I give it to him at this point. So that's my answer to your question, Jeremy. So what, and, and those, those, those numbers are, are uh, irreputable or uh, they're, they're, irrefutable. They're irrefutable. Yeah. They're, 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 there's no turning them back. But what I would say is, is there somebody else that would be the Mario Lemieux that, that didn't have the career length or had something come up? Um, because just on pure talent and, and things that I remember, not a tennis honk, and, and again, or, or, or maybe he didn't have the same, because tennis seems to have been down for a decade and a half maybe he didn't have the same uh level of competition that borg lendl connors all of those guys had coming from the mid 70s through the 90s that you know and agus sprinkle agassi in there um and becker and all those guys yeah but that's where i kind of i'll take an issue with that because you're talking about the big three of some of that stuff he had to go through and had to deal with 
Rafa Nadal and Roger Federer. Yeah. So those those okay. three have won something like twenty eight of the past thirty some thirty three or whatever are major tournaments. Right. So if it was if it wasn't for them, and right. of course they can say that too. Right. If it wasn't for Joker, right. then they probably would be up in the. So these three, this three headed monster, yeah. And have to go through each other all the time. Yeah. It's like if you ha- so. So he's the Jack Nicholas of your equation over there. Yeah, but right because because it's a great parallel in my mind because you look at the Shervinos, the Watts, and all those yeah. guys. But but Nicholas was just yeah. And there's Palmer that you know and right. whatever. Yeah, but so. but Nicholas was just two cuts above. Y- yes, and, and and because of him having to navigate these two other mother effers. Right. I mean, because you're, you're always, you always know that... Because Tiger he, never had those two other no, mother No, he was right. up here and the other guys were still right here below. Yeah. Even though they were good. Right. And they won some tournaments too. It was, he was just so much above them. Yeah. You know, at, at whatever level you That's might what I'm put it. Yeah, no, I think it's because of that is it, and you know, those, again, those two other guys, and Rafa would be the guy I'd put in the other way because he's, he's lost a couple five set crazy where he had match, multiple match points on his racket and he could have two or three more. Yeah. And a couple of them were against Joker. Yeah. That he had multiple match points in, in, the, in Wimbledon. I think it was 2017 ish, was one of the most prolific Wimbledon finals I've ever seen to where he had like six match points yeah. for Joker, but he just kept. He just kept coming back at you. He yeah. just has this way because the way his body is, and he doesn't even hardly look like he's sweating sometimes. <laughs> is he the Tom Brady of nutrition when it comes oh, to yeah, tennis? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, 1,000 percent, Phil. I mean, his, every single, like he has, you know, his, uh, his uh, coach, Gorn, even Isovich, easy for me to say, who was a big server and volleyer guy back in the day, but, but it's his team of physios that it's just, he is TB12 in tennis. Yeah, yeah. Like every single morsel of food, every piece of, every, every ounce of liquid that goes in his body, everything that goes in there is counted, measured, accounted for. There are no cheat days yeah. for, 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 for uh, Novak Djokovic. There I, are no cheat I, days. I, I want to know who's counting his poops. <laughs> yeah, I, I, don't know. I mean, I, I should, maybe I don't. I shouldn't say that. I'm sure probably after a big match when you have some time, some downtime, I'm sure he gets into the vodka a little bit. and gives himself yeah. a little bit. But what I'm saying is, in, in general, he, he, he is the most uh, TB12 guy that could be yeah, in, yeah. in tennis. And because those guys you mentioned... You had Agassi and you had... Um, See, I grew up with Agassi, and that's... Becker. That, yeah, and, that, and, that's and, where and I grew guys, up loving And Becker and McEnroe. And Lando. The yeah. only guy that I think, crazily enough, that's not really crazy, but who could have really been one of the most prolific players to ever, and could be this guy right now, but retired at 25 years Borg. old is, is Bjorn Borg. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he was one of six Wimbledons. He's winning all this shit. And then he just says, I quit. Yeah. yeah. I quit. I mean, it's like you know, and and my you know, guess is you know, it's it's and McEnroe it killed McEnroe because yeah. that was his big opponent. Yeah. It was it really devastated him. That was his big rival, a guy a guy he looked up to, and uh, and back then I don't think the thing is back then these guys are playing at ten, eleven, twelve years old, which yeah. some people do now. Yeah, but back then, by the time you were like in your early mid twenties, you were you, Burned out. you were kind of getting to the you you were kind of almost getting to the end of your career anyway. Maybe not at that young age, but right. but now there's physios, there's there's oh, there's, yeah. there's there's milkshakes, there's there's, well, there's my, stuff. Yeah, there's, that's where I was going. Intravenous stuff. There's 
there's all this product out there to keep you. Oh, there's the stuff that me and Scott eat and drink so that we can mountain bike and ride 40 miles. Of course. The, yeah. the thing that I was going to say about uh, um, Borg, though, is, is, is maybe that you know, he was at the top of that hill. He knew what he needed to do to stay on the top of that hill. And, and it didn't want to commit to that. It, it just wasn't worth it. And, and that's a very good point. And that very well might be he's, he's thinking to himself, I do still kind of have the rest of my life. And he was, he was kind of a, a real, he was kind of a skirt chaser too. Yeah. He, was, he was big into the, you know, he was big into that. So he was probably thinking, you know, do I want to really keep d- doing all this traveling and doing whatever? How do much of that am I giving up? Or how, how much? <laughs> right. So, and so that you don't know what's in somebody's mindset. Like I have but, all these numbers in my pocket. Yeah. But uh, I guess <laughs> my, my way to, I mean, and Jeremy, if you listen to this, hopefully it won't be a three sides live because you obviously, you know, get a little bit. Testy about There's it. chapter markers. You can find the Jeremy. Exactly. But to, but to really cement one final thing is that as a player myself and whatever, and I was a pretty good player. In my 20s and 30s, I was a club player in Florida, and I was a pretty good player. Um, the level of commitment to this guy, again, I think he's kind of a douche sometimes, really. Yeah. I think when he does these speeches on court and he thanks everybody and the God and everything, some of that is a little, like I said, Phil Mickelson-ish. But his level of commitment, and his, you don't understand how hard it is to do this yeah. in a five-set match yeah. against sometimes people that are 12 years younger than you, yeah. 15 years younger. In, in the case of, in the case of uh, Alcaraz, who I think is going to be a, a real big champion, he's, he's 15 years younger than him, yeah. and he's prolific. He's not some up-and-coming uh, you know, flash in the pan. This guy's probably going to be a multiple major champion. He's already got a couple. And and he outlasted this kid who's really he's the one that should be breaking down yeah. in a, in a in a five set match he's the one that should be breaking down, but he just doesn't and so it's the freakish part of his phys, team of physios and and whatever that it's a it's a very tough thing to do majors aside, the Masters one thousand the three hundred eighty seven weeks at, at number one is insane so if you just look at the body of work yeah, I just think that that's it for me. And, and that's a big body that I, 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 I no, wrote out there that maybe it, it, it some is. people and might think, not know about. I, I think, you know, it's a... Because everybody just looks at majors. I, I would, I would I'd make the same argument about, well, the, not the same argument, but I think looking at the numbers alone, but you, you, you've gone deeper than the numbers, and everybody always just points to the straight numbers for Tom Brady. I, I think he's one of the best quarterbacks ever, but I don't think he's the greatest. Yep. You know what I mean? I just I, I think there's other guys that didn't have... The O line that Tom Brady had, the O line, and 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 all that other stuff, but the defense that really shut the other team down, yeah, yeah, whatever, or or didn't cheat as good, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, didn't have the tapes, didn't have the right tapes, didn't have the right tapes, they They had too much air, they wound Um, up in, uh, but in a solo solo sport, numbers speak volumes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at the numbers in tennis, and there's no question. And again, all those ones, I wanted to make sure I answered. Jeremy, your question in a very in a very detailed way because a lot of people just think, oh, 23, the other guy is 22, and you could just toss it. But no, I'm talking about all those other things that right. are in there too, right. all those other other things he won. And when you brought up uh, Tom Brady, and we talked a little bit before about some people just have it and other people yeah. are below. You talked about Tiger Woods. Um, like Tom Brady is a perfect example is the Buccaneers before – Tom Brady got there. They were in a stretch where they stunk. Yeah, they stunk. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, they were talking about five, six win team. He comes there, they win a Super Bowl. 
he leaves there, they stink again. Right. And that, that, that's, not, that's not by accident. Right. Because there's times when he just will. I, I guarantee you when that championship year when they won, and I hated it because I'm really a big fan of his. But well, sure. How many times did the Steelers but, lose to the Patriots? How many times? <laughs> right. And tapes aside. But what I'm saying, I guess the point I'm trying to make is that he, I guarantee you, he, he probably said to all his offensive guys, listen, I know we have an OC. I know we have the head coach. But here's the thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call the plays. You just follow me. I'm going to get it to Kronkowski. Yeah. I'm going to get it to this guy, and we're going to move down the field and score a fucking touchdown. That's how, that's how we do it. That's how yeah. I roll. That's why I've won six of these, and I'm about to win a seventh one. Yeah. I'll give and you guys a ring. Just they're, trust they're, me. Yeah, just, I'll get, you just follow behind me. Forget <laughs> what that, that, that position coach tells you to do this and do that. You just line up where I tell you, and you go where I tell you, and we're going to win a championship. And they did, and now they stink again because he left. Right. So right. that means there are certain guys that have that swagger yeah and joker is just one of them and i've never seen a more committed guy to his sport at at that age you know so that's my answer jeremy in a long-winded way too long-winded way but i hope that answers your question so what else you want to romp about uh well i wanted to i was i think i was telling phil before we started um i was thinking about this like some of the, the classic like chirps yeah. And things that have happened, like people chirping on people and whatever. As as but he is staring at that moose. <laughs> so Scott's pooch over here, uh, my grand puppy. His grand puppy, uh, Goose. Uh, not the uh, flying ace from back in the Top Gun movies, but he is fascinated by Phil's moose. That doesn't even sound right, Phil. Or uh, Dave. <laughs> How wide did you say this thing was again? The it, moose? It's, it's on, on his wall. 53 inches wide, 28 points, number three. It's got to be eight and a half feet so, tall. So, folks, like, we have to get this website of ours actually active at some point. If you would see this, the way it's mounted on the wall, Phil pointed out that if it actually had its legs attached... It would actually be in the exact position where the head is. Is that how you figured I out how high you wanted it? Yeah, I, I yeah, can't. Ima- I can't imagine this thing charging at me. Yeah, I know. It, I, charged, I, it charged at me. It did. Yeah. Fortunately, you I had a bigger gun. You, you had, yeah, I did have a bigger gun than it did. How many? How many shots did it take to fell that? Three. That three. Three. Oh my God. How'd your shoulder feel after that? Uh, <laughs> a I didn't. Even, I didn't even notice. It was the six hours of butchering that uh, did me in. <laughs> that's, the, that's funny. No, I was uh, uh, to answer the original rompage uh, question you had. Uh, some of the, the chirps. Now we talked about the one obviously with the penguins and the, the North Stars. Yeah, which who was the guy from the North Stars again? Oh, uh, 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 oh shit! Uh, that was Stevens and Trottier. Just, uh, it was, it was uh, just Bellows. Barry and Brian, Brian, Bellows. Brian Bellows, who was like a oh, yeah. number one yeah. pick, and they're like <laughs> in the bench going, "Oh, number one pick, huh?" You know, well, and, and just burying them, you know, whatever. But. Um, but some of the some of the things that I thought that I some of the, the the better better ones that I remember was, you know, there was the whole thing with uh, uh, Thomas Hollywood Henderson that said that Bradshaw couldn't spell cat if he spotted in the C and the T, you know, and and I mean it was actually kind of funny, but I mean like you know how did that work out for Hollywood Henderson as he as he's turning around him as another touchdown pass was going past? So I guess the 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 lesson in, in chirpage is you also have to back it up. And, 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 uh, and this isn't really a necessarily a chirp thing, but, well, it kind of is. And I don't know if you know about Scott, but in Crosby's rookie year, first, well, was one, of the, one of the first games, I don't know if it's the first game, against the Flyers, oh, yeah. where Darian Hatcher. He lost his teeth. Darian yeah, Hatcher. Yeah. 
So, so I kind of looked this up a little bit, and, and guys on the bench were, were doing like, like uh, the next, because they cut, cut Crosby, that they kept, everybody was calling like in the media the next one. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. next one. Yeah. And they're like the next one to the dentist chair, the next, the, 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 ne- the, the, the next one uh, to the uh, injured list, to IR and whatever. And this is the, the greatest thing, one of the greatest things about Crosby, and I'll throw it to you, Scott, so you know a little bit about this too, but. He always talks about Crosby that, you know, the Penguins and the Flyers, it's a great rivalry. It's good for hockey and good for whatever. But he always makes this point of saying, well, it's no, like, bigger than, like, whatever. Like, it's just, it's just a rivalry, and I don't take this stuff personally. That is the biggest line of bullshit I've ever heard anybody <laughs> say because that man has made it his personal mission to destroy that team. He's oh, got yeah. far more goals against the Flyers than and, and points the, the than anybody else in the entire league. And so while he may be saying one thing to the media, he yeah. obviously made it his mission in life to make their life miserable <laughs> with their Cindy Crosby calls yeah. from the fans yeah. and whatever. So this is like kind of the reverse psychology of going, he took a chirp and took a busting in the mouth and made that his personal mission to make that city's 100%, life miserable. 100%. I want to hear Scott's point of view on this because, yeah. So, I. He actually called him. Bellows, you must be really hurt. No problem. Get off the ice. Get off the ice, you pussy. You're the best. Try to get. You're the best. Like a broad, like a broad, in his best Boston accent. <laughs> that is funny. That's the one we were talking they about. They fucking Brian murdered him. They murdered were just him. destroying him. Yeah. Oh, that, I, that, I, I, didn't, I, I didn't know you had that spun up. That's funny. So go ahead. I think Phil is asking you about the Crosby oh, Flyers. No, no, I mean, he, you, you, you can just see when, when, when in, in his eyes when he talks about it, and you know, he, he, he's whistling through his false teeth from. That was his rookie season. He, he scored a game-winning goal that night, too. By the way. Yeah. Of course, yeah, and and he's put a dagger in him ever since. Yeah, I mean, clearly buried them. Clearly, he buried won't them. say it to your face or no. just say it to any media person's face that you know that he made that his mission in life to make that that city miserable with her her hockeyness. Yeah, but uh, so um, ones that uh, you remember from like on ice on court, like ones that. You guys can remember that, like, wow, that was a pretty, that was a pretty good chirp that somebody said to somebody, like, uh, like maybe like the one he Kevin played. Stevens. No, that's 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 the classic one. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that's that's the one that st- sticks out in my mind. I mean, you know, one of the biggest trash talkers of all time, and and I just I'm not a huge NBA honk, but but Larry Bird was the king. Yeah. I mean, he he he, you know, he 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 could be the uh, goat of uh trash talking here's one i remember and i i wish i'd have brought him up because now i'm gonna have to have you guys help me out the horse face tight end guy that played for the broncos shannon sharp shannon sharp thank you, you got it right, right 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 off the bat that one game i think it's in one of those nfl films things where <laughs> and of all, all things it was against a team we both hate we all hate um he, he he was on the sideline and this nfl film guy and he he grabs this i guess microphone or like a headset from yeah. one of the people there he goes Hey, um, hey, uh, 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 Mr. Uh, who's, who's this? Oh, okay. 
He says, uh, you're the medical people. He says, you need to send somebody down here and get an ambulance down here because we are killing the Patriots. We're killing them. We're killing the Patriots. He grabs the, grabs the guy's microphone. I think it was like a cameraman. He like grabs it. We are killing the Patriots. I always, uh, so, so I'm sure you guys seen the YouTube video. Um, recently, it was um, Flower, right, with uh, Las Vegas. And he comes out and he wants to fight the other goalie. And he's like, oh, come on. He always wants to fight. And he's telling the, uh, the referee, he's like, come on, just, just let him fight. The, the fans will love it. It'll be great. I can't, I'm just going to get my hat. I don't like my, the way my hair looks right now. You remember that? <laughs> no. it, was just, it was just like last year. It was, it was flower. It was phenomenal. That's funny. No. Well, sometimes, well there was one. And this, is, this is kind of uh, 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 reaching into a different bag here. But... Uh, uh, let me let me think about it again. It was it was somebody that uh, I I had it here for a second, but let me see. It, it was it was not something that was a well. Of course, you have like the 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 Denny Green was a classic, you know, like uh, that's not trash talking though. No, but it's not trash. Talk. It's not chirp, but it's just right. It, it's, but it was just like you know, um, we, 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 we 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 they are who we thought we were. We let them off the hook. But uh, I'm trying to think of the chirp that I was I was thinking of. As you're as you're spinning some things up here, it wasn't about. Uh, I lost it because I was right in the middle of the. Oh. I lost it. Sorry, but uh, any any actually, you know who who, who who was another uh, goat of uh, trash talking? Muhammad Ali. Oh yeah, oh, that's yeah. perfect. That's that's one of the ones I want to go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Well, watch, watch watch yourself over there on the uh, Christmas tin. Um, yeah, go ahead with that. No, just There's a couple uh, of them. Yeah, I mean, he 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 could uh, you know strip strip just about anybody down, and uh, you know then George Foreman tried doing that on on his uh, resurgence yeah. when he was you know forty six and, and fighting guys and, and trying to trash talk, but you know all, all he but you know he he backed it up, man. I mean, he he was a bad. Motherfucker. Hey, gorilla, we're in Manila. <laughs> the Joe, the Joe Foreman <laughs> yeah. thing. When he, yeah, one of the one of the ones that I was trying to think of was the guy who's the boxer from California, who's. Uh, He's a Puerto Rican guy, uh, but he's from California. God, the boxer from California. Uh, that this this guy that he fought. Um, uh, it's not Wilfred Benitez, but uh, 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 he held the title for a while. But he's kind of like a pretty boy. Uh, Camacho. Uh, Hector Camacho. No. Hector Camacho. No, this is this was later, um, but. Anyway, I got to think of his name. I should have, you know, researched this better. But Oscar De La Hoya. Oh yeah. So yeah. Oscar De La Hoya was fighting was fighting this guy <clears throat> who was his who was his you know kind of like a nemesis guy uh, uh, at the time. And uh, and the guy that he fought with was was kind of like a um, he was kind of more of a down in the dirt guy. Where De La Hoya was always kind of considered. Yeah, kind of like a pretty boy from California, yeah. and this guy was like a down in the in the dirt Mexican guy, and so he called him a Ricky Martin impersonator. <laughs> that was a good one. <laughs> Before the fight, like, like at the press conference, going, "You guys are all happy about this Ricky Martin impersonator because <laughs> he looks kind of like." Him. I have to remember that uh, the guy that did that is where as we're going through stuff. What what other what other uh, rompage you got for? Uh... Ooh, I almost Ooh. lost the mic. I know Dave likes to talk about uh, traffic, and this one came to me as I was uh, listening to your last episode and fighting through traffic. 
and there's this person in front of me that misses their turn. So now we're going 20 miles an hour under the speed limit as they're trying to figure out how they're gonna get back to where they wanna go. Instead of just realize, I'm gonna go up, I'm gonna take the next exit and I'm gonna come around. Okay. Biggest pet peeve, Dave, versus anything else. Slow down all the traffic on a major highway because you missed your turn and you can't just go up and turn around and come back. You're gonna try to slow down and, yeah. and, and, and try to do something crazy versus let me just go up and, and, and make a right-hand turn and come back around. It, it drives me nuts and I don't know if it's a Pittsburgh thing because I see it more in this town and, and Scott and I travel to other towns all the time. People, if they mess their exit, yeah. you know, in Dallas, they go to the next exit and they, they do what they got to do. In Pittsburgh, it's let me slam on the brakes, stop everything on the Fort Pitt Bridge, and figure out what I got to do next. Right. Drives me crazy. Yeah, there's a, there's a lot of that. And I, what I've seen lately, because we always talk about, it's been a while since we have, but we always seem to work driving things into, it's, it's the whole having to, like, if you're going to pull into your, your driveways, you're coming down the street. Do you need to make almost like a complete loop, like you're in a semi to get yeah. into your? You have to make turn. a complete. We say gangster, gangster turn. turn. I'm like, dude, just just turn your wheel into your. Yeah. And, you're, and I'm behind them, so I have to like stop because they're like making a complete C, like the letter C, to get yeah. into their goddamn gar- uh, yeah. driveway. I mean, what? I mean, or, or the other thing is like, <clears throat> you know slowing down so much like to, to like you said to to make a turn off of say let's say brand school road yeah it's a main road and to turn up even to my plane it's like you come you do you have to be like that 12 miles an hour making the turn like you're gonna burn up in re-entry but if you go too fast <laughs> if you come into the your, your suspension is that like bad your suspension is that horrible that if you if you go more than 14 miles an hour that you you know but and and we already talked about a while back about when people have bikes on the road and they go you know, all the way into the center traffic of, of the, when we did that, when I did that one, there's two or three ones that I did that open letter that yeah, did that yeah, one time yeah. about people got down the road and they have to go across <laughs> yeah. the center line to pass uh, a biker, but yeah. it's on the road. Just like go a little bit to the side, but you don't have to go in this, in my <laughs> yeah. lane. I'm going the opposite direction to pass like you if you're yeah, driving yeah. down there. But um, yeah, no, I had, I, there was a, there was a couple uh, chirp things that I was trying to recall, but then we got on on so much of the thing with with Mario and whatever that was. You know, I got. Tell you if you if you guys like hockey chirps. Oh, there is a there's a you, site. You get, with there, there's a site about it, but watch watch Leather Kenny. Oh, okay. And uh, it's the the hockey chirps are phenomenal. It's Jared Kiso from Canada. Okay. Hockey chirps are through the roof. <sighs> That's great. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I th- I think the only other thing I was gonna. Uh, uh, ask about was because you two are all, all of a sudden uh, Lance Armstrong and uh, his his, uh, his his faithful companion Tonto. What's the deal with this with this uh, mountain biking thing? Should, should I be watching for that on on uh, Real Sports with Brian Gumble, or are you guys going to be you know, going, going across the Himalayas at some point, or should I? <laughs> I got I got invited to the Himalayas I got this year. Did you? Uh, I, I got invited to go in uh, in in four weeks. Um, I, I'm not going. Is that to shoot something or ride something? It's to climb. Uh, just to climb. Oh, just, just to walk for 28 days. That sounds, uh, sounds brutal. Walk up and touch a, touch a big mountaintop. Yeah. Um, That's a lot of beer to carry. 
No, no. I just, uh, I, I think for, for me, mountain biking and <laughs> biking in general is uh, just a way to... Therapeutic. It's just there, yeah. And what he what he hasn't divulged to you yet, Scott, is after the Himalayas, he's going to go to the Big Island. Come on, I want to lay you. That's why. That's that's a whole different story. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I want to go to any place where I could be oxygen deprived. I mean, I, I I'll go on the Montour Trail. That's my thing. I, I mean, the Montour Trail, something that has that you know gravel and some and some stuff and very little, very little mountainous. Now I will say, I'm thinking about getting a, like a hybrid, like electric. Where yeah. I can I can do hills and stuff because I see people I just saw somebody I think I think today that's going up like up the a major hill somewhere I think it's I don't know oh somewhere in Wexford and and they're climbing up and of course people are driving on the other side of the road to get around them and as they're going up like this like in their fifteen speed whatever it is or whatever hybrid bike they, whatever, I I I want to roll down the window and just go why. Like, are you are you training for the Olympics? Like, why? Like, I mean, I mean, do you do you want to see if you can get this close to have a heart attack and then just come right back from it and then just die? I mean, I don't know. And the thing, if you're going to do that, why don't you just stay off a of main road? Because honestly, you're you're creating more problem. I mean, like, there's car. I mean, I can't believe people have the the I mean the balls the size of church bells to go on roads where people are texting on their phones yeah. they're do they're watching videos yep. they're whatever and you're like a split second from getting so, smushed into a tree so yesterday I did 42 miles um, and two and a half of those were on Route Six right so coast to coast Route Six and it was the scariest moment of my life I've jumped out of airplanes being on that road with people. Yeah, speed limit is fifty five. They're doing eighty, and I thought I—I I mean, I had to bail a couple of times. So yeah, I yeah. agree with you. Yeah, if, it's you're, just, if you're on a road bike, stay off the main roads. Yeah, because and you are causing some problems because there are people, like, especially oh, there's yeah. older people on the roads. They see that they panic. They drive in the middle of the road, you know, and you're gonna maybe cause an accident. I mean, if you if you want to really want to scale hills, or whatever, just go someplace where you can do that. Yeah. That's not some main road, but just watch out for the rattlesnakes. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, um, well, this is pretty good, Phil. Yeah. Your cabin is is very, uh, very. Beautiful. Hey, Dave was asking yesterday if it converts into an ark with how much it was raining. Yeah, I, I, I sent him. I sent him a message on Messenger. About Second that. story. Because uh, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know the lay of the land. But uh, <laughs> the only thing I'm wondering is, like, you know, if I wake up in the middle of the night, since it looks like I'm stayed over, is it well. Moose, <laughs> and like, I just wonder if you know, or the I'm bear afraid. staring at you, or the bears, yeah. But my my the bro- flat bear, my brother-in-law has a bunch of stuff because he's like a hunter like you, and he's been all over the, he's been all over the globe. Like he's got mountain goats like, yep, like yep. looking at you. So you get up in the middle of their place, you're like, <laughs> it's pretty scary. <laughs> but all right, good stuff, man. So, yeah, good so, stuff for a barn dizzle, the magnifique barn dizzle, the magnifique. Uh, I know we went wild with the uh, the Mario thing, but pff, how could you not? And, That's right. And hopefully, ek six uh, sixty five will. We'll launch a, a brand new chapter and, and hopefully get us a deep run in the playoffs. This That's year. right. And then, uh, you know, all bets are off at that point. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys, let's uh, head on out and uh, we'll see you on 67. Yes, sir. <laughs>